Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This episode is uh, and was entirely a dream come true. Glenn Hansard is uh, and has been one of my favorite musicians for a long time, from the Frames to the Swell Season uh, to his solo albums, and of course the movie Once, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. He is truly incredible, and if you're not, uh, it's still one of my favorite conversations of recent memory. I do want to plug his new album, Didn't He Ramble, which comes out September 18th, Uh, which is in uh, nine days, if you're listening to this the day it came out. And Glenn even uh, plays a song from that album uh, at the end of this podcast, so be sure to stick around for that. It's incredible, and he is an incredible man. I'm so glad he came on. Here's some tour dates if you'd like to come and see me live. This weekend I'm going to be in Texas, Houston, and then Dallas, and then I'm going to Minneapolis for one night, Chicago for one night, Toronto for the Just for Laughs Festival, and then West Valley uh, City, Utah. All of those dates are on PeteHolmes.com, along with uh, all the t-shirts like PD is My Homeboy, Eat Lead Cobra, You Got Princed, Werewolves Vote, all that stuff, and the tour dates are on PeteHolmes.com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, which, as you know, is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. So try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code WEIRD to get 10% off because we all know building a website can be tough, and even if you know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever, in this day and age, you probably need one. Lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Uh, it's simple, powerful, and it makes beautiful websites with templates that are easy to work with. Not only that, but the templates are part of their responsive design feature, which means websites look great on any device. No more minimizing or weird iPhone problems or tablet problems. It's uh, real, real great. And if you need something real simple but powerful, their cover page feature allows you to set up a beautiful one-page online presence in minutes. You can't beat it. The ease and simplicity of Squarespace. They give you 24-7 online customer support and a beautiful website for only $8 a month. You even get a free domain name if you buy Squarespace for the year. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. And when you do, make sure to use the offer code WEIRD to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for our podcast. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support. And Square, yeah, and Squarespace, build it beautiful. All right, guys, be sure to check out Glenn's new album on September 18th, and uh, hope to see you in Dallas, Houston, Chicago, Minneapolis, Toronto, or Utah. All right, guys, get into it. Exciting. It's exciting. It's an exciting one. Hello, Glenn. How's it going? Good, man. Yeah, you've been in a sound booth before. This is the guest chair, if you don't mind. That's it. You can rewrite it. I'll do it. I don't like the... I hear you. You know what I mean? Let's be side on. <laughs> I've never used the term side on, but that's exactly right. I think you're one of those guys. I feel like when you do a show, it seems to me like I saw you the other night and you were wonderful and there's so little between you and the audience. I have to imagine that's kind of nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. You wouldn't want a table between you and the audience or, or a deep pit. You know, you're right. It's right? always the first thing you try to get rid of. It's some sort of divide. It's the barrier. Yeah. Yeah, because literally, there's literally a barrier uh, at, at a lot of shows. 
And if you can get rid of that and have, because I've I've always been into the, you know, the kind of Leonard Cohen in the in the seventies, like all the chicks are sitting around the stage <laughs> and everybody just kind of hanging out and, you know, candles like, but you can't light a candle on a stage anymore. You can't, yeah, you know, fire uh, uh, health and safety have ruined no more. Well, Chianti they've ruined bottles. rock and roll for sure. Is that? But they've kind of ruined <laughs> even growing up. <laughs> you know, nobody plays football anymore. Because I remember when I was a kid playing football and breaking the woman's window. And of course, you know, you're, of course you're terrified and you're scared and you're a little bit happy that you did it. Yeah. You know, and then of course your mother's called and loads, loads of shit goes down and you're yeah. kept in for a week. And, you know, and you end up having to pay for the window. But it's part of being part in a community. And nowadays right. kids don't even play. They don't even go Well, out. that's how you met your weird neighbor was you broke her window. Yeah, that's how that's how you bonded, yeah. and then Actually, like her name was Mrs. Cod. <laughs> my, my mother was like Cod. I'll bleed and batter you. Yeah. <laughs> and then she comes to your wedding and she tells the story or whatever it is. Exactly. Or if we want to be sad at your funeral, she could be like, "He exactly. broke my window really well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he had a strong left yeah. kick." I'm assuming we're talking about uh, what we would call soccer. Yeah, kicking, yeah. Kick, just kicking, kicking a ball, kicking. really. Although there's kicking in the American football, yeah. I suppose as well. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no divide. I think there's, you know, as, as a comedian, I, I appreciate that as well, that do you feel, is this an obvious question? Sometimes I worry. Do you feel the energy? Because you guys play. You can, you can rehearse without an audience. Yeah. A comedian can't rehearse without an audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just watching the Elliott Smith documentary and he was like, I uh, called Heaven Adores You. And he was like, I love uh, writing music and I love recording music. Yeah. And I was like, man, I get that. Mm-hmm. I love exactly what he's talking about. But he's like, the touring I do to get to keep doing the first two. Yeah. You know what I mean? So That's the, a difficult part for him. Right. Yeah. But then there's the part where you go up and you get to kind of like, I have to assume you're getting something from it that you don't get from a sterile carpeted uh, sound booth. Well, yeah, because you're entering. Well, you're entering the present. It's like, in comedy, you must know it. You know, you walk on stage, and everything from that moment on is out of your control. Yeah, you're, you know, you're in it. And and, and when I think about comedians, you know, because I think about what I do, and what I, my job is to go up, go up on the stage and access something, to access something in myself. And if I do it correctly, then something begins to stir. Yeah, it, I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but you go on stage and you. You play your song and you play it with as much, I won't say like, you know, I won't use words like integrity or, or authenticity or anything, but like... Yeah, but we know just, when it's fake. Everybody knows when it's fake. You have to connect. Right. It has to be real. And, it, and when it's real, then a conversation begins. And that conversation is a silent one, of course, and it's got something to do with, I know what you mean. Right. And then that I know what you mean turns into me going, oh, great, it's landing. Yeah, you know, and it's very different to comedy, I'd imagine, because with with comedy, every time you go do a new show, you have to write. Not only do you have to write a new set list, you have to write every single word of your set has to be different. So for us, you mean when you do a new hour? Or something. Yeah. Whereas we, everybody wants you to play. They want you to play an old song. Yeah, 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 exactly. They want Actually, you to, that's been one of the things in my career is I've tried to have bits that people want to hear again because I envy the rock star mm, thing. Mm. I'm like, isn't it great that if, when you played uh, Your Mind's Made Up the other night, people yeah. are like, oh, he's, he, that's, it's like that special treat at the end instead of like, fucking heard it. Sure. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, heard it. New material. When did once come out? God, eight years ago. So it was uh, 2007. Yeah. If someone yelled, 2007! Like, a comedian is in danger of someone yelling, 2007! Absolutely. I saw that's one of the finest heckles I've ever seen, actually. A guy was on stage, this was in 2001 or two, and he was talking about Starbucks, uh, how it's like, it's not a small, it's a tall. It's not a medium, it's a grande. And someone yelled, 1994. And it was, like, the most brutal heckle I've ever seen. Because he wasn't even saying... 
your I know you did this bit. Everyone made this observation in 1994, which right. is like so much worse. Right. But uh, but you you are feeling and connecting that energy, and you feel it coming back to you in some sort of ethereal way. I imagine. Well, it becomes a kind of a like I say, it becomes a conversation, and and and, and the, the clown is a fascinating character. The the idea that you go on stage and you and you and you're present, mm-hmm. and then something occurs. Now with a, with with songs and with, with music, you know, you're breaking the fourth wall the whole time because mm-hmm. you're you're checking in with people, and you're you know, it's not theater. But then for someone like Elliot, I'm sure. It probably was where he had to go into character right. in order to sustain his own privacy and, mm-hmm. you know, and his own connection with his own song. For, for a lot of performers, it's very, very difficult to uh, engage with an audience. They're, they're, they realize that, the audi- they realize that it's, it's part of the, 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 one of the, the evils of having to do what they do. Mm-hmm. That an audience is going to be there and the audience is going to want to sort of every so often poke its head in and say, right. hey... You know, but but for a lot of performers, they're so nervous. They just have to. They learn their show, they rehearse it, and they go on stage and they do it. And yeah. and and I definitely come from the from the other from the the opposite aspect of that. Is whereas sometimes, like you know, I'm probably at my most comfortable when there isn't a set list and there isn't actually even a band. Right. Because if there's a, if there's not a band, then I can go any direction. Right. You know, and I, I saw that happening at the show. It was really fun to see you not know what to do the encore. Uh, with and then to figure that out and you almost imp- like just started improvising a song which I thought was really fun too you did it just for a moment but that yeah. made it a moment to yeah. me yeah. I'm not saying I wish you had followed it yeah, sure. have it, it still, still was a moment for me uh, but you like you like kind of going by you're trying to do something outside of your brain yeah in your heart yeah not to be too sentimental but you're trying to operate from I'm trying heart. to show up as much as they're showing up and then and then w- w- let's see if we can, if we can, uh, you know, the, for me, when I was, when I was, when I was a kid and I'd go see a gig, the best moments were when something went wrong. Yes, Because exactly. suddenly then everyone was off script. Yes. You know. That's all we remember. I talk about this all the time. If you watch the best of Johnny Carson, yeah. all you see are the bloopers. Yeah. That's yeah. why when I go to a taping now and I see them do a reshoot because something fucked up, I'm like... What are you doing? Like, yeah. obviously, I have a personal preference to the things that force you into the moment as well. It's a presence issue for yeah. me as well. And when you fuck up and you... It's not about the save line or how graceful or how amazingly you navigated yourself back <clears throat> to the script. Yeah. It's about just being like, well, here we are. And mm. everybody starts to tingle yeah. and buzz that, like, something's happening. Otherwise, we just watch it on our phone. Exactly. <laughs> right? That's the, I mean, that's, Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awful. But you gotta, <laughs> you got to be willing to fail. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're willing to fail f- for real, and it's tough, man, because failing is really hard on your ego. It's like awful. Yeah. You want to, you always want to win. You want to go on stage and you want to win. <laughs> That's your job, you know. But inevitably, you will fail, and there'll be nights when you just, it's just not in you. Yeah. And then, if you're present enough, something really interesting happens, and you learn. You're learning as you're, as like, you're in suffering. the moment. <laughs> yeah. In the moment you're in, you're learning. Like yeah. I'll never, because you never unlearn. So you're always there. Even the shittiest nights are teaching you so much about what it is. Well, there's this great uh, saint whose name I'm forgetting. Uh, I believe she was a Franciscan nun. She, she said, nobody comes to God but by suffering. And that, and I, and, or you could just replace God with truth or right, beauty right, right. or any of these things that I think you're in the business of where you're like, no, this is it. Like, fucking deal with it. Right. Like, it's not that pretty. To what, but there is something very valuable. The, the, the really amazing sets that you have where you knocked it out. I'm sure you didn't necessarily learn. Seinfeld says the bad ones teach you uh, how to edit, and the good ones teach you how to pace. 
There you, you go. know what I mean? There you go. Isn't that good? And you know, oftentimes you'll come off stage and you just be like, man, I hit it. I got it. You know, just quietly <laughs> you're saying to yourself, I did it. I, everything about tonight was spot on. Like, yeah. And you're just, you're in your mind, you're just like, that felt. Yeah. Like, I, I pushed myself, I got there. Yeah. And then you'll meet a friend, you know, who's been at the show and they're like, yeah, it was all right. That's right. And then you have nights where you're like, this isn't connecting. I'm not getting there. Fuck, I'm digging deeper. I'm not finding it. It's not there. Let me go over here. It's no, it's not there. And you're throwing the kitchen sink at the gig. Yeah. And you're coming off and you're feeling like a whore and you're like dirty and you want to have a shower and you've given everything and people are like, that was amazing. Right. This is the liberation of no one notices. Yeah. This is exactly. something that uh, I, I did a talk show for a small time in Conan. One of the pieces of advice yeah. he, he produced it, he gave me was, um, we think we rewrote, we broke the mold and we think we ate shit. Either way, the same thing happens the next day. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. Yeah. Like there's absolutely no control. And you could find despair in that and be yeah. like, so what's the point? I really thought I bled on the stage. Yeah. Or you can just be like, it doesn't matter. It's, a, it's kind of about what you got out exactly. of it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Did you go deep? Because if you didn't go deep, then don't expect anyone else to be. Because people might say to you, you know, if you if you kind of went on and just sort of plowed, as as, as Bill Hicks said, sort of plowed through the old shit, and, you yeah. know, pasted on the fake smile. I did the that. album. That's uh, what Mike Birbiglia says. He, he has a rough crowd or a rowdy crowd. He'll come off stage. He goes, "I did the album." I did the Meaning album. you just like yeah. uh, completely opposite of what you were saying where yeah. a comedian's supposed to do something novel. Yeah. No, I'm opening with track one and I'm closing <laughs> with track ten and I'll encore with tra- the bonus track. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But no matter how much you try to control that, the life and the present will step in. Yeah. No matter how much you try to control your environment, try to set up the lights to happen just at that time. Right. We're going to go on. We're going to hit. You're going to go two, three, four. We're going to go in and it's going to be track one, <laughs> track ten. We're out. Yeah. It never goes according to plan. Right. And so once you accept uh, chaos as part of any endeavor, you are, you're, you're gold. Isn't that the job of the artist to fly the kite into the black hole and kind of pull it back a little bit, to let go of the illusion of control? We all walk around acting like we're not going to die and we're not going to be hurt yeah. and we're not going to get yeah. sick and we're yeah. not going to get heartbroken. Yeah. And the artist, uh, it's not just because he's Irish that it's coming to mind, but this guy named Pete Rollins came on and he quoted mm-hmm. this poem that I can't remember that maybe you've heard. Mm-hmm. But it's about like asking the poet for another song is asking him to like bleed again and get broken again. Mm-hmm. But it's all the mess of it, including mm-hmm. the live performance, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, you, 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 you walk, you, you know. You walk on stage and you take a deep breath and then you're in. And from there on, you're just being, you're being you, but you're being a kind of a heightened version of you. Mm. You kind of enter a different, you know, and your empathy, which I think is everything on a stage, is feeling the situation, mm. feeling. And it's not necessarily feeling, do people like me or am I getting approval? Because that can destroy an artist, never mind a gig. It can destroy your whole, your whole thing. But just like, Am I, it's this moment, you know, am I, this moment, this feels, everything, is, is, is this flowing? Are we having a, is there something happening here? If there's nothing happening here, then if it's, you know, and that's why I go see music. It's so, I mean, I don't like most of the shows I go see mm. because you just see people and they're not, they're just not in it. They're not it's there. It's like getting fucked by somebody with dead eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like married couples that split yeah. up, they're like, uh, oh, we had our thing. Like he started on top of me. Yeah. I would come and then, I don't mean to be so crass. I, we don't know each other that well. And then he'd turn me over and he'd come. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and that's the thing that, that kills us. We know that we've... Oh, that was pro- very generous of him, at least. 
<laughs> or he gave it a go. You know what I mean? He tried to make her come, and then he and then he took his. But th- we hate to see the routine introduced into something yeah. that was the expression of passion yeah. and novelty and spontaneity. Yeah. And, and we keep coming back to this presence. At your uh, when you're having a, when you're having a bad night, you do your gig. Yeah. I mean, you're having a really good night. You don't know what's going on. That's right. And you're just you're 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 out there, and you're 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 as surprised as they are. Right. You know. And the bad gig, I, I have to think you'd agree, would be like kind of like running. I'm not athletic, <laughs> obviously, but like sprints or something. Yeah. Like running suicides on a basketball court. That's like a bad gig. It's just kind of like the training, going through the motions. It's why you rehearse. It's, yeah. For a comedian, it would be like, I have one heckler line or something. Not that that happens yeah. that often. Yeah. Or I know what to do when the mic cuts out. Or, yeah. or, or honestly, if they're not listening, that's the biggest yeah. problem you run into. But then like the good ones, you're just like, I, I never know how to start. Like the bad shows, I'm looking at my set list and I go, how do I start? How do you begin? Mm-hmm. And you're a big beginner. I've seen you play many times, and the beginning is always very important to you, I think. But, like, you realize I have to tell myself it's not about the words. It, has no, it doesn't matter which song or which joke you yeah. open with. Yeah. It matters almost your intention. There's almost something animal going on where dogs can tell. Somebody just told me, like, if you, if you uh, kick a dog with malice, it reacts differently. I don't know how they tested this. Wow. Then if you just trip over your dog, you know what I mean? Wow. Same, same impact. So there's something animal going on with them. They're wow. like, he's here. He's not fucking us with dead eyes. He joined us in the mess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you walk among the people, you walk among the people and you, 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 you show up and your own quiet or the organization of your own quiet presence is enough. Mm. Hmm. And after that, you, you sing your song. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the song is the vehicle for the real article that you're delivering. Wouldn't you? I mean, like, that's just, that's just the bowl you're pouring the experience Well, into. yeah, otherwise people would just listen to your record at home and they wouldn't need to come see it, you know. And, right. And, and, and there, are, there are people who are probably better on record than they are on stage. And there are people who are better on stage than they are on record. And, and you know, and having a live following <clears throat> nowadays is probably the only real way to to make to make a living from from this from from making music is to is to travel and, and play gigs mm. um but for a lot of people touring is just really really it's it's heart-wrenching they, mm-hmm. they just can't do it and i and i absolutely empathize with that for me you know the only difficult part of touring is tra- is the travel and being away from you know your mates and your family that's the only part that's that's tough i love the rest of it i love doing it i love playing was it always that way because for me you pretend like you like it. You're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, hotels. <laughs> like, I really remember being like 23 and being like, ah, I love a hotel. No, I don't. Yeah. Like, I miss, I was married at the time. I was like, yeah. I miss my wife. Like, I miss my being home. I miss knowing where the crackers are. Yeah. But now I go into a hotel and I really do go like, ah, everything's clean and right. nice. And, oh, look, oh, I wonder what the shower's like. What a mystery. I'm stepping into, you know what I mean? <laughs> New room. I trained myself into loving the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like at the beginning where you're bad, you tell yourself that maybe you'll be good one day and right. you tell yourself that maybe you'll like the road, but you do like it. I do like, I mean, it's not that I like the road. I, I find that I live better on the road. I find that I wake, I sleep more regularly. I eat better. Hmm. I find that my interactions with myself, as in I take real space when I'm on the road, I go, I have my few hours every day where it's just hanging out with me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and because, and what happens on the road very quickly, even after a few days, is your whole body, your whole rhythm is about two hours. 
Mm. Your whole day is about two hours. You're stealing a thought from my brain. That's the that's the zen of the road. Yes. Yeah. I go as long as I'm there at seven thirty. Yeah. Everything else is just fine. So you can be a mess yeah. for the whole rest of the day. You can sleep till two in the afternoon. Yeah. And then you can wander around and look in like antique stores and just kind of go- <laughs> you're kind of goofing off. But what you're what you're doing is you're slowly processing last night. You're you're building up for tonight. You're in the, mm. you're in this very. It's like great. It's like that amazing moment when you're hungover. You know when you're really badly hungover, mm. which, which I am actually a little bit today. <laughs> um, where I had a great night last. Like, a total random walk and met a load of very interesting people. It was a great night. And um, anyway, was it unexpected? Totally unexpected. Do you know David O'Doherty? Not just because he's Irish, but no, I, I know think David, we talked yeah. about it. He has a line in his act where he goes, "Life can be brilliant. Getting drunk unexpectedly is mm. his first example." It's a lovely one because I hate getting drunk. Because it's your birthday, right. or because it's St. Patrick's right. Day, or right. whatever the fuck. Give me a Tuesday at six o'clock. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what the yeah. fuck? How did we get here? Please keep going with yours. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, where was I? You were saying that you had a oh, lovely yeah. night last night, and you're hungover today. Well, just that moment in the hangover, you know, where you're, where, where we were, you know, talking about this the other night, where where you realize, well, first of all, you realize I'm not going to die now. Because all day you've just been thinking like this is it never again, and just like, you know. But that's precious. That's like a death meditation. You taste pain, yeah. yeah, and it wakes you up to the pleasure of normal. Yeah, and you're completely out of focus. Your head is wrecked. You've got no fight with the world. Your arms open, and you yeah. accept everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just in this moment of bliss. You, you don't. Know? Have, you don't have the strength. You don't have the will to resist. You realize how much you're resisting. How much of your, like, the reason I think I'm so tired at the end of the day is because my brain has spent the entire day labeling, comparing, contrasting, and resisting, formulating opinions. This is what we've learned, I think, in the West, this is what we've learned existing is, Mm -hmm. is going, and the music would be like, oh, look, it's old stuff, or or you know what I mean, comparing. (laughs) We think that's an identity. Hobbit was too long. (laughs) There I am. You know what I mean? Like you just talked about spending a couple hours alone. Preposterous. You know, yeah. I, I also try and do that. Yeah. But that's a preposterous notion because people disappear when they're alone if they have to stop. And that's exhausting. And, that, and the hangover says, let's take the rational mind and fuck it yeah. over here. Yeah. Put it over there. And that's the wonder of being on tour. You kind of enter that space. Yeah. Where your whole day is about two hours, so you just get to do what you want for that. Now, of course, your day is slight, somewhat organized. You know that there is, you've got to eat. Yeah. So you know that you're going to get up, you're going to eat, you know, you're going to, you're going to find coffee, you know, <laughs> you've got to find a bathroom, you got to, you're going to go for a walk. You're gonna, you know, it's like your day becomes incredibly simple. It's a bit like <laughs> there's a walk in Spain I did, uh, the Camino. It's called the Camino de Santiago. The really long one that yeah, Martin Sheen did? Y- y- that one, yeah. yeah. So I've done that a couple of times. You have? Yeah, in the past. Get I out of my loved face. It. That's amazing. Loved it because your whole day just becomes getting up at like six in the morning and walking. And so everything you've got, you're carrying everything on your back. You, you're, you're completely present with, the, with, the, with your, 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 all you're thinking about is your feet, your stomach. And your mm. bed. It's mm. all. You, so your whole brain tunes out, and you become only focused on these very, very, very basic yes. uh, um, 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 concerns, which is blisters. Yeah. You know, uh, and eating and getting to bed. Right. And so your whole day. It's it's a fascinating thing. And on tour, it's kind of somewhere similar. It's a moving monastery. That's yeah. what it sounds like. It's so simple. It's exactly. like we get up and we eat our soup. I don't know what monks eat, and then we we meditate or <laughs> whatever. I, I, I remember years. I remember years ago seeing seeing the Pixies play in Ireland and at a festival. I remember, and I got chatting with with Charles afterwards, 
and he was talking, he was very interesting, he was very chilled, you know, and he was talking about, he was saying folk singers, you know, it's like folk singers are the most, they're the most intense motherfuckers, they're like, they go on stage and they're all like, yeah, la, 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 and they come off and they're like, where's my fucking soup, yeah. where's my, you know, <laughs> and, he says, and then he says, punk rockers, man, he says, punks yeah. go on stage, they fucking, Wah! Yeah. They get it all out of their system and they come off and they put on their sandals and That's they right. go eat vegan food and That's they're right. chill. Absolutely. And Who, I, well, there was a vegan man that wrote that song called uh, Lentil Soup is a Mighty Meal or something. They just had like a really rocking song about lentil soup because <laughs> they were all vegan. You're absolutely right. It's yeah. weirdos like me, and I have to address this in myself, that have some sort of unresolved grind some rough edges right that's why i'm meditating that's why i'm like reading mm. touchy books or listening to soft music and stuff touchy books. like i would be better off uh i've met I, they haven't done the podcast but i've met some punk guys they're always just like hello how's it going because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's screaming but if i met james taylor and he called me a motherfucker i'd be like that, that's, a, that's about right that feels right yeah and it do, it wouldn't even surprise us i don't think we know that if something's this way, there's there's a shadow to it. There yeah. has to be. It's like that Altman film, the the, the, the um, Nashville. That was a great film. Which one? Nashville. You know oh, that? it's called Nashville. Yeah, you're like it was in Nashville. No, no, that that film, Altman film, Nashville. Where they're all like super intense, and they go on stage like the so where were we? I keep interrupting because you keep making me think things. Good. <laughs> That's what this show oh, should good. be called. <laughs> but you're hungover, no filter, the zen of the tour. Oh, yeah. We were the talking zen about of the road. Yeah, and the you've zen. done that tour now, the, the walk, and now I want to do the walk more than anything. That sounds amazing. It really is, you know, because getting out of your own head is probably the best thing you can do for any kind of creative, mm. you know, process or... or I find I find I'm I find people are at their most powerful when they're at their least aware, hmm. and and as an artist you're at your most powerful when you're when you're just when you're just doing something, hmm. it, when you're not trying to be smart or trying to connect or be cool or fit into a genre or when you're when you're actually just digging in to the truth of what it is it to be alive, hmm. then you might just hit on something truly universal. Mm-hmm. You said this. This is so fascinating to me. I, I watched, uh, I rewatched the Swell season documentary, which I understand is old, yes. but you know, I wanted to yeah. remember who you are and a little bit about what you're about. Uh, so I've already had a good cry this morning. <laughs> oh gosh, you watched it this morning? I did. Yeah, I didn't get all the way through, but I, I, it was beautiful. It's a lovely film. Uh, but you talk about prophetic songs, right? Getting so writing a song about a breakup while you're in a good relationship, yeah, and that's how you end up breaking up. Yeah, and then I was like, it really. Uh, hit hit me hard because I was like, I was. I've already alluded. I was married. I got mm-hmm. married when I was twenty two, mm-hmm. and my wife uh, cheated on me and left. The reason I tell you that yeah. is very common knowledge. Everybody knows that that listens to this. Uh, is I had a startling number of jokes for a guy that didn't um. believe it. Like couldn't in a, like give me fifteen guesses what's wrong with my marriage. I, number twenty nine might have been maybe she's seeing somebody else. You know what I mean? I never yeah. saw it coming. Yeah. Had two or three jokes. Some of which I've done on TV. You can find them. Yeah. Where I, the joke was, uh, my wife told me if she ever gets sick and is in the hospital, it's okay if I want to move on and see other people. She meant it to be nice, but now I'm worried. Next time she has the flu, next time I have the flu, I fucked up my own joke. Next time I have the flu, she'll be like, "This is Julio." You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that's a joke about infidelity. Yeah, yeah. And then I had this other joke where yeah, I'm like, yeah. uh, "You can't say um, how dare you in small situations. You need to save that one for things like when your wife cheats on you." Like why was that? My example. And then my wife was cheating on me around yeah. that time. I yeah. didn't know. 
But when you quiet yourself, I suppose, I think there's something subconscious. Your subconscious is coming onto the page in a song, coming into your... What do you absolutely. think? Absolutely. Well, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think we, we know, I think we are, we're, we're, well, empathy, again, I come back to that word because it's a huge part of being a creative. Yeah. You actually are tuned into your own life on, on levels and, and you know what's going on. You know what's going on around you. You, you know your relationships with all your friends. You kind of, you know them on a deep level and then there's the conscious level and, 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 and the, and it's, uh, I really, I just, yeah, I just really believe that you. That's, but I think that's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you just know. I just no. I'm, you go ahead. I'm, my, my brain just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's part of what I'm doing is I'm trying to. This is all about empathy. I'm like, yeah. Is he waiting for me? No, to I just walked down a corridor and there was no door. <laughs> <laughs> that is the feeling. Oh, I thought uh, I thought there was something down here. No, no, it's just me. Uh, that's what I think is happening in a show, and I really think that's one of the reasons why. I say this to a lot of my musical guests, and yeah. I'm a big fan, and I don't like a lot Thank of music. You. I know a lot of people say that, and they think yeah, it qualifies sure, sure. and means, makes it mean more. I'm not saying it for those reasons. It's just like, what is it that struck such a chord once yeah. people were introduced? Yeah. And empathy is the sound. When I hear a violin playing uh, Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah, like yeah. I'll just cry yeah. just instantly. Yeah. And when I hear you sing uh, Leave or something like that, right. you realize, oh... It's one of those things you know that you don't know. You go, oh, there's a screaming man inside of me. <laughs> and this guy manifested him. There's a screaming. I've gotten a glimpse at the toddler inside yeah, of me yeah, that wants yeah. to be picked up, that uh, wants um, his mommy so badly. I've seen mm. the screaming divorce guy that's so hurt. But, like, I got divorced and then I saw it once. Like, that was, that was your gift to me. And I'm sure you get this sort of stuff all the time, so forgive me. But mm. that was what a perfect thing. I went and saw it alone wow. in U- Utah. I was the only one in the theater. In Utah? Is yeah. that where you're from? I was on the, no, I was yeah. on the road. Yeah. And I just had a good cry because I was like, oh, that's in me. And that's one of those things we don't know. And yeah. then these people come along, if it's a painting or a photograph or a song or a performance, yeah. and we go, ah, that's how I feel. And I didn't even know it, but you did know it. And then when you see it, it's like coming home a little bit. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. I mean, the music that I loved when I was growing up, it was always, it was always stuff that, that I could, that just, you know, I'm back down that corridor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just songs that I have to think stirred you in a way that you didn't even know you were capable of being stirred. Like, punk rock's a better example. Right. So here I am, I'm a kid. Help me out here, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. No, man, I know exactly how you feel. I had parents who argued a lot. Yeah. And uh, the the Holmes in me, we always go, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we always have to tell you, it could have mm-hmm. been worse. And it absolutely could have been worse. Yeah. And it wasn't that bad, I suppose. But they argued a lot. And then all of a sudden, I found myself listening to really hardcore punk music wow. all the time. Because I didn't even know that that's how I felt. Yeah. Until I saw someone else doing it. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I bet that feels good to scream. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, ACDC, that was my band when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and Angus was about the closest thing that I had to a god. You know, mm-hmm. I, my, of course, my room was filled with posters of Angus, and I used to draw him, and I, I used to, um, you know, draw ACDC in my bag and on the back of my denim jacket and do the, the Australian flag with Angus, you know, <laughs> on the th- and my confirmation name is Angus. Is that right? Yeah, and I remember my mother going, we went up to the, uh, to the bishop, and, you know, when you make your confirmation, you walk up and the bishop says, so what did you choose? And I said, Angus, and he says, that's a very interesting name where did that come from my mother said it's the guy with the horns on the cover of highway to hell uh, 
<laughs> totally innocently and the, the bishop was like oh, oh okay okay next um, but, but, but that music whatever it was about my childhood that music that rage that guy just fucking banging his head up and down and yeah. flying up and down the stage and I remember like in my room with the, with the sweeping brush like looking in the mirror and doing doing Angus <laughs> you know and so you're right whatever emotion yeah. was going on in my house or whatever it's an current, avatar I was yeah yeah, that's the guy that represents me, and I didn't even know it. But I would argue that, like, we're all heartbroken in a certain extent just being alive. There's something yeah. about you could get real new agey and say if we were in some sort of place of oneness before we were born. Or you could just say when you were in the womb, you mm. knew the feeling of being suspended and having all your needs taken care of. Mm. And then you came out of it. There's a heartbreak built in. To, and there's love built in. You, yeah. You're born and then you, you breastfeed. The Dalai Lama talks about that's where we learn unconditional love is where like you kind of know in, somewhere in your baby brain, oh, th- I'm being fed by other things other than me. So you learn what that feels like. Wow. And then I think you see a lot of 45-year-old guys you know, going for the bowling trophy in their like, accounting league or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're, they're really fucking pissed off. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> because they know what it felt like to be God. You know, they knew wow. what they felt like to be like the center of somebody's universe. Wow. I just want to interview you now. No, I'm only trying to put quarters <laughs> in, your, in your jukebox. <laughs> but that's that's like, like so even I was ju- I was cuckolded and that's why your music meant so much to me. And I'm including the frames and yeah. I'm including all of it. Thank you. Swell season, your solo work is all wonderful. Thank you. But it's not because of necessarily the lyrics or something. Yeah. It's not because I'm like, yeah, no, I it's... busked in Ireland or whatever you're singing about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. There is it's 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 it is it's a emo- it's an emotion and it's an, it's it's a position of I will be I am lost, yeah, and I'm all right with that. Right, I mean I'm not all right. I'm it's terrifying, right? But I am either way, whether I'm okay with it or not. And in the work that you make, you are. It's okay to be lost. It's okay to be upset and to be in this. You know, and 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 for me, the songs are they keep me sane. I mm. mean, I don't know what kind of human being. I would be if I didn't have Isn't that, funny? that outlet, yeah. And 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 the and, and the greatest irony is that people pay in to see me deal with that shit. It's mutually beneficial. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I, and it's it's a it's a powerful thing. And when I see it in other people, when I go see a musician, I sort of see them figuring shit out, and I'm just like, I'm so capped. I mean, I remember seeing Will Oldham, mm. uh, and. I just went along to the gig. I can't even remember why or what the circumstances was. But I remember just being so captivated by his version of working shit out. <laughs> his songs, whatever that, whatever way he was presenting. And, twi- and then I realized pretty quickly uh, after becoming quite obsessed with him really quickly that he's a, he was acting. Hmm. Now, he was also being true. But there was a huge amount of acting going on hmm. on the stage and manipulating. Acting and, like he had just thought of something? or No, just like pure, like being on stage and actually acting the song. Or oh. acting, act, be, being an, like, almost like, tr- like tonight I'm going to sing this song as Puck. Tonight I'm going to sing this song, you know, <laughs> as, 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 a, as a southern racist. Uh-huh. Tonight I'm going to sing. And so you'd see him come on stage and sing the song with all these different... Uh, energies yeah. and I was like that's amazing yeah it really knocked me out and again it, it made me realize what I'm really interested in in music like why am I such a Bowie fan mm. why am I such a huge Bowie fan and and actually why am I such a huge Bowie fan that doesn't know Bowie's records that well <laughs> it's because I'm a huge fan of whatever the hell is going what on what is that yeah yeah in, in his energy there's something going there's something very ethereal uh, of course and very androgynous and quite 
almost in the fairy realm uh, about Bowie. He doesn't quite... And so The Man Who Fell to Earth was a perfect film for him to be part of because he just doesn't quite fit anything. Bowie is connected to some other uh, um, dimension. Right. And so that's so attractive. Right. And that's the thing that 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 I'm drawn to in music and I'm drawn to in art is the ones who are just pushing out at an edge of something and, and it's just a little perverse it's just a little I don't get it right it's uh, it's just I need to really look I, I'm, I'm never going to understand it right I just need to, I really just want to look at it right you know it's cat- I can't I can't take my eyes away from it and for me Will has that you know it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a strange androgyny of person mm. that I, I find utterly captivating and Bowie, Bowie has it in, in spades I think that that's something I've, I've said uh, before but you made me think of it is the idea that like so many comedians that, that I talk to young comedians are, mm. are trying to emulate someone else's uh, process yeah. that's often a big part of this is it would be fun to talk about your process but the funny thing that we always end up on is that like you need to love your own process like you need yeah. to be the one that goes like well, it turns out that I write jokes like this. Yeah. Certainly, you get there by mimicking. You know what I mean. So yeah. you, you were probably trying to yeah, find aping and yeah, 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 yeah. And then eventually, you, you. I think there comes this absurd. Uh, certainly, what we do is vulnerable, but then also there's this arrogance that fuels where you go like, "No, this is how I do it." You talked about writing a song, a song showing up at baggage claim in New Zealand. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that to me, when I hear that, as mm. I go, this guy gets that writing is all the time. Yeah, oh yeah. I, and I've said this many times. A nap is writing. Uh, eating spaghetti is writing. Mm. Watching mm. a movie is writing. Listening to a record. Or as you said, being alone for two hours is motherfucking writing. <laughs> the idea of staring at a piece of paper, that that looks like if the Pictionary clue, you know Pictionary? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to condescend, but I also don't want to lose you. No, no. If the, if the Pictionary clue was, uh, was a writer, you'd draw a guy with a piece of paper and he's literally writing. But really, right. a more accurate drawing would be a guy taking a shit or something. You know, sure. Or yeah. taking a bath. John Lennon talks about that, doesn't he, in that documentary? <laughs> Does he? Yeah. Writing on the toilet? Yeah, some guy shows up at his house and he talks about writing, I think it was, what was it, Imagine? No, no. Uh, it was some very famous Beatles song, yeah. I can't remember. But, yeah. But John just dismisses it. Right. Know? We had uh, Noel Gallagher did the show and he talks about writing Don't Don't Turn Back in Anger, yeah. coming home drunk and mm. writing it down and putting it in a drawer and not not looking at it for three years. Yeah. If I, I'm, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the details. But you seem to be... You talked about, if I can get you to talk about again, the idea that you're trying to lure something natural indoors. That's what, that's what you said. Yeah. Songs are like, you know, I guess it was an answer to a question, which was something like you you spent, you you did many sessions on this record. Why did you, why did you, why did it take so many sessions to get this record finished? And I was trying to explain that, that when you walk into a studio, I generally speak and walk in unprepared. Mm. I don't. I don't sit at home and do my homework, and then show up at the studio to record what my homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I get a song to a place where it's about half or three quarters. Maybe actually, maybe even only a third. <laughs> it's a bit of a verse and a couple of chords, uh-huh. and then maybe there's a kind of a chorus, and that's the best time to bring it to the studio mm. because it's still wondrous. Mm-hmm. It still has this. It still is moving. Actually, right. It still has tentacles, and it's still like I don't know what I am yet. And it's a peach; it's not a dried peach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the, 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 the butterfly doesn't have the pin through it yet. Yeah, but you're about to put the pin through it, and <laughs> um, in the studio, but it's still kind of. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and, and that's how it gets away from some people. Exactly. Like they're like, well, that's why I'll, next time I'll come with pinned butterflies. Exactly, but, and and so you consciously you don't tell the band what they're doing. You don't. You really. I mean, I, I heard about this when I was a kid. I heard about Van Morrison going in or Dylan going in and saying and not telling the band the chords and not and then just playing the song and sort of going, yeah, that's the take. And the band are like, but we're just we're just learning it. And he was like, no, yeah. that's the take. Yeah. And that takes incredible courage. But actually, I've realized now that, that that's actually the way to do it. Right. Is get great musicians who just know how to play right. and know how to feel. And then don't give them the song till the record has been pressed. Because you're try- it's like a seance. Wouldn't you say you're, you're trying to do- I keep pushing the spiritual thing. That's, just, <laughs> that's, how, that's how I think. But just look at it as a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. It's like a seance in that you're trying to... You're trying to Again, I go to sex, but it's like you could talk about blood going to your penis and mm-hmm. what an erection is mm-hmm. and what a vagina is and all this stuff. But like making love is just this other thing. And like you could write a song and, and really give everybody their parts. And certainly there have been genius musicians, Brian Wilson, of course. Comes to mind, that yeah. work that way. Yeah. But then I think there are guys like you and me and a lot of comedians yeah. that just go up and they're like, they write from stage. We, we get to do that even more so. Imagine. Yeah. I have to think that that freedom is appealing to you to be like, I think I have an opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of go up. And you do that in your, in your um, I think you're very funny and entertaining in between, obviously. And that, as it, maybe it takes one to know one, I'm like, that's not scripted. You know what I mean? Right. Like when you told the story about taking the, the homeless guy to lunch, I'm like, Glenn knows. Yeah. You open with a bit that doesn't necessarily flourish yeah. to prove to them that you're not here to sell them McDonald's, right? Right, right. You're like, right. Ah, that's how that one ends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, there wasn't really an end to that story. And I was actually up there going, why am I telling this story? That's, but that's am I right. trying to make myself look like a good guy here? Fuck this. Uh, you know, do you know what I mean? Cause that, cause, and then I suddenly panicked and I was like, okay, this story's over. Because yeah. there wasn't really an end to it. No, I love the story. And, and I, kinda, I, I sort of hated breaking his confidence. Because he, he was a genuinely kind of, you know, crazy dude. I've had, well, tell us, if you don't mind telling the story, then we can talk about it. Well, I, I went down to, is it, to, is it called Pete's Coffee? Pete's Coffee? Yeah, there's a Pete's Coffee in here. Down, down in Santa Monica, down near the... Uh, On um, stage you said Coffee Bean. Yeah, no, coffee Bean, that's where Isn't it was. Isn't that weird yeah. that I remember that? Why well, it was Pete's that? or Coffee Bean, it was one of them. Well, no, being a Pete, I would remember if the you cups, had said The Pete. cups do look exactly like this. But, <laughs> but we went in and I, uh, I sat down and had a cup of tea and I was, uh, I was just sitting there, I was reading this... Um, book Michel de Montaigne on solitude he's a guy who wrote in the 1500s and amazing writer mm. um, uh, and I was reading this book and really enjoying it and just again having a really spacey morning where I was rambling off on my own and I'd been writing a bit in my journal and reading this book and the book is just full of so I was just underlining amazing quotes all the way all, yeah. the, all the time yeah. uh, and there was this guy next to me he was kind of mumbling and you know he was kind of going through his bags and you know and I could I, I couldn't figure out if he was uh, he was definitely homeless. He was definitely homeless, but uh, but uh, he but he did, he looked well. Right, actually, he didn't look. When you told you know, the story at night, you just said he had a lot of bags. He had a lot of bags. He looked kind of, <laughs> yeah, he looked a bit like Neil Young. So imagine, you know, like he looked a bit like Neil Young does every day, except right. he had a load of bags. If he doesn't have a guitar, that's a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> if he if he's with the band, it's okay. Yeah, but uh, we got chatting, and, and it was very nice. I actually had bought a. Ba- a pack of digestives like uh, McVitie's and it was like it's an English store there's a store right beside it that sells um, tea bags and you yeah. know and I bought I bought some tea bags and I bought these biscuits and I thought I don't want these biscuits they're actually too heavy mm. and I've got to carry them all over the country so I said to the guy do you want some biscuits and then we got chatting yeah and he started telling me about tour he said he, me and my wife drove all over England 
looking at castles and and uh, and she was looking at cathedrals and I kind of thought to myself, okay, this guy's, you know, some kind of academic and you know, kind of interesting character. And, yeah. Uh, and then you know we chatted away about that for a while and he says, no, my wife, I haven't, um, you know, we split up and. I moved from Texas out here, and I thought to myself, okay, you know, but I was still kind of going out here for what reason, and he was like, it's just warmer, you know, and I was like, okay, cool, and and, and so we chatted away for a minute. He said, thanks a lot for the biscuits. They remind me of my trip, whatever. I left the place, and I, I thought to myself, right, I'm going to go get some food. Where will I go, you know? And then I thought, you know what? I've had a really good morning. I've had a really good chat with him. I'll go back in and ask him, does he want to join me? Yeah, and I, then I then I became a little conscious of coming off as a as kind of a gay guy on his own, you know, right. trying to pick up this older. Right, right. And I said, cruising. Dude, yeah, and I said, <laughs> dude, you want like I'm going to go for lunch. Do you, do you feel like joining me? And he was like, uh, well, I'm in the middle of reading. I was like, yeah, cool. I just you know just sort of thought you might. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. Come on. So he got up and he joined me, and up to that he seemed really normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and Can then I. T- I just want to interject, by the way. That's what you would do. I'm always pressed with what you would do in a dream. Like if you realized you were dreaming. Yeah. And you'd go like, of course I asked that guy to lunch. Like you, you, you own the moment and you're like, why wouldn't I do the most interesting? Or not just to be interested. Yeah. Like yeah. avant-garde. Yeah. But like of course he has him. But so many times at that crossroads, I think 99% of humanity go, imagine if I uh, asked that guy to laugh. No. Right. It's too embarrassing. Yeah. But really, what are you... You're going to have an embarrassing moment that you'll forget. Yeah. But So anyway, good yeah. on you. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, come on, let's go hang out. I, you know, I, I can afford to take you for lunch. Let's go and eat something. Right. And so he came along with me and we sort, of, sort of talked for a minute about here or there. And then I just had the funny idea. I'd been brought to this place, the Ivy, by Bobby Shriver, a, a guy I've met out here, lovely man, uh, a few years ago. And I said, let's go there. <laughs> so we went down and... Um, and and what was great was I kind of knew that this was going to be a kind of a weird scene arriving at that door with this guy holding all these bags, you know, <laughs> and one of the bags had a big American flag. on. But on the way, he started talking about <laughs> when I picked up this Amer- bag with the American flag on it, I start getting contacted by the CIA. And I kind of thought to myself, OK, it sounds a bit weird, but that's, you know, and, then, and it just got weirder. And when we sat down for lunch and, and we got to the door, I said, table for two, please. And the, I could see the girl looked at us. And she looked at him, she looked at me, and she says, okay. <laughs> and we went in, and they seated us, and she gave us menus, and and and, and, uh, and I was just like, what? And he was like, what do you think? He says, man, I, I only eat McDonald's and Subway. This is really exciting. And I says, well, get what you want, man. You know, come on, we're going to have lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. And I said, and he says, well, what can I, uh, you know, I'd love some spaghetti. And I was like, I'm sure they've got spaghetti, and they had linguine and clams or something like that. And uh, so he said, do you think I could get that? I was like, yeah, man, come on. And so we, I, I ordered a bunch of starters. I knew he was being very nervous about He didn't want to overstep his, you yeah. know, his welcome. And we just ended up having a great chat. But then, of course, the chat descended into, you know, I was talking to the seagulls this morning, and they were telling me, you know, that their language is so different to the crows, and, the, you know, and, and that there's a crow that visits me every day. And, you know, he started talking about some psychic. He had all these terms, which I actually don't remember, um, about what he, what, what his, pro, you know, he said he could read into my mind. He says, no, he says, I actually read into your mind the moment you walked in, and, and you're okay. Really? You know, yeah, and then he started going on about Obama owing him seven seven million dollars, and uh, Obama owes him this money because Obama's vetting him for this job as an ambassador. Yeah, uh, did this take the know. wind out of your sails, or was no, it was I it heartbreaking? Was, or no, I was like, lo- I was actually loving it because I was like, this is proper. This is actually what I live for. <laughs> this is a real connection, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he wasn't 
elsewhere. Yeah. He was really being him And you know what? You. He wasn't interested in me. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah. There was yeah, no, yeah. He was just talking about himself. and I was, in, But he wasn't talking about himself to the point where he was annoying. Right. He was just talking about life and, you know, he was, he was kind of making regular observations through this filter of complete insanity. Right. But he wasn't insane. Right. He just had a bunch of very skewed, you know, other stuff going on in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but a very normal guy. You could tell, you know, he was practical and he knew where he was sleeping and, you know, he, he had a regular day to day. It's funny because you're challenging me because there's a guy in my neighborhood named Bob and uh, there's, there's a lot of homeless people in my neighborhood and uh, I went out and talked to Bob one day. Mm-hmm. I talked to Bob somewhat regularly but I yeah. went out to talk to Bob I was bored yeah I like, we're gonna talk to Bob <laughs> and I started talking to Bob and Bob it's weird because he really looks like everyone else in the neighborhood just a, a tad dirtier you know what I mean? yeah. like and he's always outdoors so these are the clues yeah. and you're like hey Bob and you start talking to him and uh, I bought him some cigarettes and there's something very communal I don't smoke but I'll yeah. smoke a cigarette with a with a homeless guy I love it I don't know why I think there's right. something really lovely about doing the same thing in that right. moment and uh uh, we enjoyed that, and it, I realized that why was it heartbreaking when he started telling me that he talked to the trees, and he started telling me you can trust this tree, but don't don't trust that. Tree. <laughs> and like you, I'm really learning something. I'm like you just were like, I'm gonna love it for what it is, and I was like, oh, you're crazy. I wanted you to be my my buddy. Like it was all right. about me. Right. I was like, I have this fantasy that I'm like, we'll be pals, and yeah. like. And uh, I'll rehabilitate, like, my fair lady. Like, it'll be great. That's all about me and making myself feel better. And you actually, it sounds like, achieved just being with a guy and not labeling. I have a very... Well, I mean, this guy was in his 70s, you know? I'm 45. This guy's lived. Yeah. This guy's lived a long life. He's got a lot to teach me. And I was just sitting there with this guy and just his presence, which was very calm, by the way. Yeah. This guy wasn't in any way paranoid or you know he was talking about his hip giving him some trouble but mm. then he started talking about my eggs my legs grow two inches every year you know so he was yeah. definitely there was there was a little bit of delusion along with you know a, a hip complaint <laughs> you know <laughs> a completely legitimate hip complaint yeah, yeah but it just he but he it was almost like he has he has lived with his own thoughts for and maybe he hasn't been sharing them that his own thoughts have be, he's begun to believe these extra thoughts that have mm. kind of come in these, right you know, and so, but I really, I really, for me, being out here, to be honest, I'm on a press trip, so I'm out here talking about myself and talking about my record and talking about the process of songwriting. Mm. So actually, it was really refreshing right. to sit with a guy. It was a break. Li- yeah, and listen to, listen to, listen to the, to the actual language of crows and to, and what, what that means to him. And, 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 and in all honesty, P, keeping one eye on the fact that he might be right. You know, that he might actually talk to crows and he might actually talk. You to know what, man, when you told the story, this is just, this just might be a type of person. Right. I was like, you talk, you talk more about the seagulls. He was like, they, seagulls were talking and they couldn't stop talking about how crazy it was that I could understand them. Yeah, they were, free, they were laughing to each other. Yeah, and I told one of them to go pick up a bag and he did. And I, I'm, I'm just, for better or worse, the kind of guy that goes like, maybe. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't, <laughs> I don't ever want to take everything for granted. Up until this point in history, we've never had a documented, reproduced, yeah. clinical study of yeah. talking to seagulls. But I'm like, maybe this is the guy that yeah. figured out the frequency. And that, that's, that's the fantasy of talking to a Bob. Absolutely. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, there is a, you know what, the one thing that man had in spades was wonder. Yeah. He still had wonder. And they're the people I want to hang out with. 
there are so many people, <clears throat> and I don't mean to sound cynical, but there are so many people you'll go and do interviews with or you'll go and talk, and they're actually, you realize pretty quickly, they're not interested in music. Yeah. They're not actually interested in, in art. Yeah. They're, they're, they've got a job and they're doing their job and, 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 and no harm to them. But I'm not interested in them. They don't stimulate me. Right. You know, it's not that I'm trying to avoid them. They're part of the world we live in. Yeah. But, I, but if I had a choice, put me with the, put me with the guy who, who still really believes in stuff. Who's childlike. Yeah. Not childish. Yeah, exactly. The guy, it reminds me of a quote there. It says, uh, people are always worried with what they're going to do. He was like, you should do what makes you come alive mm. because the world needs people that, that are come alive, that have come alive. And that's, that's Bo- that goes back to Bowie is you're just like, we know it when we feel it. Mm. The, the current is either going through these, and I've done those radio interviews as mm. well, where they're looking at my Google. And I'm sure for you, it's an Academy Award winning song. And, and, sure. and once yeah. for me, it's being the E-Trade baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people, that's yeah. just a commercial. People just yeah. being like, uh, the top thing. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, God. Yeah. But I'd love to hear what you think about saying yes to the moment, about realizing the wonder that we're surrounded by realizing the novelty that we're surrounded by when we when we live in a world where i think everybody is without them even knowing it discouraging what i would call basic wonder wonder that when you look at the sky and you remember you're on a planet wonder that there's guys like the guy you had lunch with yeah. we, we just want safety we want food we want a reliable tv show we want some sex mm-hmm. and sleep mm-hmm. but you're trying to it seems to me like you're trying to find some juice. Yeah, I mean, in your day, yeah, in your day-to-day life, you're you're looking to connect with people who 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 are real. You but know, it, does that exhaust people or scare people? Does it exhaust you, or or you seem to be okay in your wonder tank? I'm all right. I I you know I've got good friends. I've been very lucky. I I've surrounded myself in my life with with people who are who who are willing to have a conversation. You know. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I realized recently that I don't have a normal life, as in normal, whatever that means. I mean, mm-hmm. it, as in, as in my, my life is somewhat gypsy. I do have the, what, what, what is the, what was the, um, the, I have gypsy privilege, <laughs> you know, yeah. I get to travel and I get to, I get to be in different situations. My friendships with people aren't so connected or ever really that deep. I can unplug. At any moment. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of wonder and really good in that. In that, I get to just kind of move around and have really nice, brief, intense friendships with people for a few hours, yeah. and then I just get to say, "Hey, I'm gonna get on the bus <laughs> and I'm out," right. you know, and that's wonderful. It, it's also a little lonely because you end up having wondrous connections with people, and then and then of course people then think that you're their best friend, and right. and that you know, and then that can lead to trouble because sometimes in all innocence. And in all sincerity, you give someone your number and you say, "Yeah, man, of course, call me." And then you realise that you're, you're dealing, you're dealing with someone who you spoke to three nights ago in a town that you've already forgotten, and they're contacting you, going, "Man, you know," and they're te- you're telling you about something that happened in their day, and you're like, "I really don't have time." Yeah, I, you know, and that's a, that's a, no, that's I the down, that's the downside of it, right? And because that's the da- that's the downside of leaving yourself open. And the gypsy privilege allows you to have lunch with this guy. If he lived in your neighborhood, maybe this just spitballing. Maybe yeah. he'd expect you to take him to the Ivy again. 
It doesn't sound like he was that Actually, kind of guy. Ironically, I did go looking for him last night. <laughs> I did. I went back to the coffee shop and I thought to myself, if he's there, I'm taking him for sushi. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah, and he wasn't there. so I, and, and I ended up going for sushi on my own and ended up getting blind drunk <laughs> with an Italian hairdresser. How did you meet that person? Oh, we just we sat at a bar and this guy was at next to me. At the sushi bar? At the sushi bar, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, I got talking. Because, you know, I, I take my journal everywhere. I have yeah. a journal. yeah. And I take it and I, I open it wherever I'm sitting and I write in it. Now, what I'm writing in it is, is, to, is talking myself off the ledge. It isn't poetry or song lyrics. Sometimes it is. But oftentimes it's like, you're okay. It's going to be okay. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna get through this day. Wow. You're gonna, you know, it's like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's... You're encouraging yourself. <laughs> sometimes. And, and other stuff, times though. it's just like, you know, walked through Santa Monica this evening, saw some real freaks. You know, I might be just writing down. It's diary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes your diary is you talking yourself off the ledge. Sometimes your diary is just talking shit and you know yeah. rambling so my diary is full of words you know and i write quite small so it's, it's quite it's a bit like your thing so it's yeah the writing's quite small so there's pages and pages of just like nonsense to anyone else who reads it but to me right. gold that's the best to, way to protect your diary is to make it very dull <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Santa yeah. Monica. I'm not reading this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just stuff. It's not actually. It's just thoughts, and I, I find it that it keeps a certain aspect of my uh, of my channel open. Yeah. The more I write, the more that channel stays alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm writing a view, and then the, the bar girl uh, in the sushi place. It was very beautiful, uh, but I, I, I'm just not. I've just never been the guy who kind of goes in and just tries to hit on a, a bar. I just not. I I always I I always like try to sort of take that position of like I let me be the only guy that she's met today that isn't doing that. <laughs> you know, and just kind of isn't that in its own way? This is my therapist talking. Isn't that in its own way your way of hitting? On Absolutely, her? <laughs> it totally is. I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to be the one guy who's kind of cool. That was nice. something that I was like, I would never just go up to a woman and say like, I like your pants or yeah. whatever on yeah. the floor. Yeah. But that's our way of it that's totally what we is. have to offer. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but no, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm trying to tell no, you. No, right you have called you. me out, and you are you are absolutely right. <laughs> For fun, I call yeah. you out. So you're not hitting on her. So I'm sitting there and I'm writing in my journal and then... Uh, you took out your Oscar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Sorry, we opened the ball-breaking door. Now it's, it's happening. I like it. <laughs> All right, so you weren't... You, and you're sitting and writing. Yeah, I'm just writing Oscar over and over <laughs> in my journal. And, and, and bigger and bigger. You start to humming, falling slowly. <laughs> Did you... Do you know that song? Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where did you first hear it? <laughs> <laughs> what fun. Um, so then what, then what really happened? But anyway, this guy next to me, he was there working, but there was a guy who was drunk, and he, he was really hitting on this girl really badly, like really intensely, and he kept on talking about the size of his penis, and he was like, I've definitely got above average. Like, I'm definitely above, I'm definitely proud of my... What and time was this? This was like at 9.30. Oh, boy. Yeah, it wasn't late. Yeah. And his, his, the, the, what was particularly rough about him was the, 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 the frequency of his voice. You could hear it all. He was talking at a normal level, yeah. but you could hear him all over the bar. Yeah. He didn't have that kind of, you know, yeah, whatever that yeah, voice yeah, is that yeah, just yeah. went. And so I end up connecting with the bar girl who's saying, oh, my God, he's been here since six o'clock. You know, and she's looking at me going, it's a lot of Jesus. Sake. Yeah. Support and then the guy next to me is like, I come in here to work. You obviously did, too, looking at your journal. I was like, yeah, I was doing a little work. And he's like, man, that guy's really, I don't know if I can do, I don't know. And I couldn't, I actually, I stopped writing because I literally couldn't 
get the guy. He couldn't tune him out. Yeah. You know, he's the loudest. He was right, right beside us in the loudest. Yeah, yeah. And he was hitting on the bar girl. Uh, the whole night too as long as as well as the girl he was with and he kept telling the girl he was with what he was about to do to her when he got her home and we're, we're like listening listening to the whole conversation wait he's hitting on the bar girl yeah, and like with this, the girl this guy's he's just his, his, his sexual energy is all over the room wow he's, he's just, just pollinating yeah he's just like octopusing the whole situation <laughs> seeing, seeing what would work um, uh, and then and then myself and the, the Italian lad start chatting and and for some reason he just opened I mean, and, and this happens to me he just opened up about his wife and his divorce and next thing we're chatting away about his breakup and 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 of course I just immediately turn into that guy who's like listening because I'm like this guy needs someone to you know yeah then he tells me he lives upstairs and, and I'm like oh wow what's what's it like and he says well I'm from I'm from New York and been living out here for a bunch of years and I don't want to you know I don't want to talk about the guy's business it's, sure sure it's not the place for it but but we ended up having a really good connection mm-hmm. you know. And then I bought him a drink and he bought me a drink and then the bar girl bought us a drink and, and then she started reading us some of her lyrics. She wrote these lyrics. No. Yeah. At any point, I don't mean to ruin the story or contaminate yeah. it, but were they like, hey, you're Glenn Hansard? Not at all. It wasn't that. Not at all. She That's, said, I want to read you some lyrics. Yeah. And you were and like... She saw me writing in the journal and she was like, well, you're obviously someone who writes. And I was like, she says, uh, what, what are you writing? I said, well, mostly just bullshit. Yeah. And she was like, oh, oh okay. Because I, I write. And I was like, oh, okay, what do you write? I write songs. I was like, great. Read us a song. Get out. Yeah, absolutely. And so she rang these lyrics. I have to say, you're like that perfect level of fame. You have to like that level of fame, right? Like Bono. This isn't happening to Bono. Okay. Right? Oh, no, it's not. No, of course not. (laughs) They're going to go like, would you look at my songs? Like you're, you know, undercover. Like they don't know you're a musician at this point. Not at all. Which is great. And it was, it, I absolutely loved it. Right? Yeah. I, that's what but I'm then saying. again, the guy excited. did say to me, like, what are you doing here? So, well, I'm a musician. Yeah. Uh, and what are you doing in town? Well, I've, you know, I've, I've, I'm in town doing some interviews. Yeah. So the guy was like, oh, okay. And it never, and what I liked about the evening was he never said, who are you? Right. You know, should I look you up? He was just like, cool. What do you do? I'm a hairdresser. Yeah. And how's that? He says, well, it's actually really interesting. It's a really interesting job. Huh. And we don't, and I, of course, always... You know, I do that reverse taxi driver thing where I start asking him about his job because I don't want to answer. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my job. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, you can't talk about music. You just got to right. experience it. You right. know, and and I've you know I've kind of gotten to the place where I take I don't take myself so seriously in that I don't need to prove anything to, especially not to a strange person. Right. You know, well, how um, long did that take? God, I, I I've just started the laying down of arms, the insisting. Oh yeah, listen to me. <laughs> I'm legitimate. <laughs> I'm talking about deep down, like the, oh, yeah, the, the yeah. coward inside of me yeah, of wants course. to scream at my dad, I was on VH1, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can't stop, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's, a, I, I'm not, I don't want to interrupt, but that's that moment in the film where you're talking with your dad and you have the Oscar and stuff. It's like, sure. it never really stopped. Like, it never, it's it not, doesn't stop. Yeah. Nothing gets yeah. through yeah. to anybody. It, it goes back to what we said about music. You need to feel it yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can you feel legitimate? Can you? Well, yeah. Those nights, are, those nights are really important. They're really, it's really important to go out and and have a night where you bump into someone and you meet them and you talk to them and you make a connection. Me and that guy ended up back in his flat at five o'clock this morning. No way, eating like marijuana chocolate, or he had some. <laughs> you know, we had an, we had an amazing night. Me and him, we ended up going to some strange cabaret. Uh, we went and there's all these naked dancing girls and this black guy singing. He was amazing. It's strange. He was wearing a top hat and singing these really strange songs. And we were kind of in the middle of the show <laughs> while it was all happening around us. Last night. Last night. This morning. Yeah. It was this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but they kept us back in the bar and, and we ended up hanging out with the guy and all the dancers and, you know, it, and I, I'm just like, this is great. I'm really in the moment. You yeah. know, I'm just, fo- I'm, I'm following this through. But at some point, one of the guys who was singing in the bar said, are you glad answered? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, at that point, I'm quite mashed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then he says to the guy with, that's with me, oh, wow, you know, he's, don't you know that he's blah blah blah? You know, like, yeah. and then the guys, the guy next to me, fair play to him. The Italians, like, yeah, cool. I loved the fact that he did. It didn't matter yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah you know, because yeah. he's just not really interested in music. And I was like, chitching. <laughs> I met someone who I don't have to in any way, you know, uh, uh, disappoint. Right, that's right. You're not <laughs> you going to break his heart. Yeah, right. We're just having a good hang. Right. Um, and we ended up having this really very just wonderful night and then I got lost I tried to find the hotel I was drunk <laughs> and I, I knew my hotel was like four or five blocks in one direction but I went the wrong direction <laughs> and then I'm walking for an extra couple of hours this morning and eventually found <laughs> the hotel and, and, I, and when I got there I was like you know what Glenn you just had a night with yourself and you hung out and, and I remember hearing a story years ago about, uh, about Bob Dylan arriving we did some gigs with Bob years ago mm. um, and I remember on one of the tours there was a he Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics is a is a is a pal of Bob's, mm. and Bob decided, and it was quite common for him to to take a bicycle and head off, you know, out of the venue and just go go wandering. Really? You read stories of it. We, you know, there was a story a couple of years ago about him going to Bruce Springsteen's old house and the police busting him. Did you hear about this? No. Some woman cop busted Bob Dylan because he was in the garden of Bruce Springsteen's old house and. And they ended up bringing him to the, to the cop station and he had a gig that night. The tour manager had to come and, you know, and she was like, do you have your ID? And he's like, no, she's who are you? I'm Bob Dylan. And, uh, you know, they ended up busting him. Oh, my um, God. But this was another one of those nights where he went off wandering in true London. And uh, nobody had a guitar. If they didn't have an ID, they could give him a guitar, you know, a mandolin. Yeah, yeah prove it. A piano. <laughs> nobody had an app on their phone that was a little keyboard. But yeah, I they don't, don't know. think twice. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. good. <laughs> but I just love the fact that this woman, whatever this woman, this cop was of a generation that didn't really know who didn't, Bob Dylan was. Didn't really you know? care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 so there was a night where he went in London. He went to Dave Stewart's address, knocked on the door, said the woman answered. Is Dave here? No, he's at work, but he'll be back in half an hour. And Dylan ended up hanging out with this woman and this guy Dave. And he's the American guy who's here to meet Dave. And it's the wrong Dave. And he ends up hanging out with his family all evening and having an amazing time. Yeah. Because for once in his long life of being a very, very famous, iconic songwriter, he gets to hang out with two normal people and just shoot the shit. Right. Now, which I'm sure he does a lot here in L.A. with his friends and all the rest. But he's still Bob Dylan to them. Right, right, you know, right, right. Whereas, whereas this, was a, this is probably one of those opportunities where he gets to be. And, you know, not to, not to compare my night last night, but... I liked that night because I just got to hang out and just hang right. and connect on my own merits. Right, right, you know? right, right. Instead of, you know, just instead of qualifying, instead of being constantly someone walking ahead of you qualifying your, your entrance any moment or someone behind you apologizing, yeah. qualifying your exit. Well, let's you know? talk about legitimacy a little bit. I mean, you would you use the word struggled? Wasn't it like seventeen years or something uh, before? Yeah, you really broke. I hate this language too. I understand you were living your dream. You were yeah. doing your truth, Absolutely. doing your art. Thanks. But traditionally, people would be like, and then they blew up yeah. after seven. The, the yeah. good story is it was seventeen years. I mean, do you look back on that fondly? Was it painful? Can you remember it being painful that nobody gave a shit? Uh, frustrating. 
Yeah. yeah, painful, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it wasn't that people didn't give a shit. The one thing we always had, and I'm very happy to report, Touchwood, is that we always had an audience. Mm. It might have been really small, mm-hmm. but it was there, mm. and it was real. Mm-hmm. So it kind of occurred to me, because when I was a busker, myself and my mates busking, people used to come every week and regulars, you know, and for, for, for a busking band to have regulars, mm. that was interesting. That's great, know? yep. And then that actually just translated back into going on stage in, in clubs. Those same regulars came along. Some fell off. New ones came on. The Frames started their career. Uh, old people fell off. New people came on. But there was always a consistent audience. Mm. And this, the record companies came, the record companies went. We were on seven different labels, mm. you know, in our career. Record companies came and went. The one thing that never left was the audience. Hmm. They were always part of our story. So we were, we were in a very good position. And we would always, because we did well in Ireland, and I say well, I mean, we'd get, you know, 500 people in a room, yeah. you know. But be, that afforded us tickets to England to go tour and play to no one. Mm-hmm. Or that afforded us tickets to the States to go play for no one. Mm-hmm. But every time we went to play for no one, a couple more knowns would, would show up and it would, it would be like, and we basically did the math one day. It would take about 60 years at the rate we were, we were touring <laughs> to fill, you know, Shubas or That's <laughs> the empty bottle. It would, it would, yeah. it, we were kind of building at that rate, but, but it was always forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about even before the frames when, I, you know, you told that story wonderfully in the swell season about leaving school and, and, and yeah. busking. Obviously, I'm sure people love hearing about busking. Do you, look for, do you look back on that fondly? Are those your war stories? Like, are you grateful that you kind of hit your head on the wall a little bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, that was <laughs> it. I mean, that was, I mean, it was all, you know what, I'll tell you, to give you an example, it was, a, it was a pure, it was a whole new education. It was like stepping out of, it was like stepping, stepping out of school proper. And stepping into school real, mm. you know, for real, because it, 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 so it's okay. So you want to be a musician, right? And then boom, boom, boom. My headmaster goes, go be a musician. Mm-hmm. Go drop your bag, drop your books. They're no good to you anymore. Go do it. And I did. And I stepped 14 years old. I went home. I put my school bag in the hall. I never saw it again. I never noticed it again. It must have just been thrown out. And I took my guitar. <laughs> your mom, your mom was wise. She was like, yeah. I know where this is going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clunk. I took my, my, I suppose my second school bag, which was my guitar case. And I went into the city and I started playing. And, you know, and it just seemed ironic to me that only months previous, I was studying Seamus Heaney, mm. the Irish poet in school and not enjoying it because, you know, school is designed really not to enjoy. It's not to be enjoyed. Um, <laughs> and then a few months later, I'm in Seamus Heaney's study. <laughs> with a guitar on my back hanging out oh my god you know and getting to meet the man and getting to be in his study and and getting to see where the poetry was actually made and for me that metaphor sort of sums up the whole experience yeah. of busking versus school get out of here you know, this is great yeah it's, <laughs> I mean it's, it's, it's huge you know and then, and then cut to so 14 cut to like 6, 7 years later meeting Bob Dylan not just having him on my wall on a poster you know not just having the records and and obsessing over them and and writing every lyric and rewriting every lyric in my notebooks and you know then getting to meet the man and 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 go on tour with him and arresting him were you that cop? <laughs> and you went on and you got to go this is this is why I think you have the neural pathways in your brain that reward 
acts of novelty, acts of strangeness. Like, like obviously, you're going to live the enjoy the gypsy privilege and, you know, have the, like the meal you had the other day and have the night that you had last night because you've gotten in your mind what, what, what most people need to take a lot of psychedelics yeah. to realize, yeah. which is that there's no rules. That you can, you can go in any direction. There's no rules. And you can set your, fla- you can set your, your, your sail, you know. Mm. You can set your sail in any direction in, in your life. And if you're, you know, and I don't want to sound too serious, but no, you know, that please, you're in the safest place for okay. this sort of stuff. Okay, but if you, like, so for me as a kid, right, Bob Dylan, I mean, literally, I like, he was God. I mean, you know, there was a, there were, I remember someone saying, you know, God in whatever way you see him or whatever way you understand it. I was like, for me, it was, it was Bob Dylan. Yeah. You know, and I was serious. I mean, that was, he was God. Yeah. And he spilt his blood on the tracks for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll be here just, a, just another half hour and then I'll go home. <laughs> But uh, but I I set every sail I could in, in my being in the direction of of doing what he did. It mm. wasn't necessarily meeting him because I really wanted to meet him. Of course, I would love to, but I never, you know, meeting Bob Dylan was not even on my radar. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you wouldn't dare dare to dream. Yeah, exactly. I, that's preposterous. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and but but but. Living that life, yeah. living the life of Leonard Cohen. Yeah, you know now. Now, as a man, I realize living the life of Leonard Cohen would be a very difficult life. Yeah, or living the life of Bob Dylan would be a very is a very difficult life. Right, and it's also a very rewarding life and a very rich life. And but I realize now, as a grown up, that you know this wasn't fairy tale stuff. These guys worked. Right, they worked and right. they suffered and they right. fell in and out of mar- marriages or, or in Leonard's case, never got married and and constantly went back to the music instead of right. going for. You it was know, almost like an altar. Like I, I, my divorce. One of the ways I spun it, yeah. my art increased. If you, if you'll allow me to call yeah. it an art, I believe it's an art. Uh, increased tenfold yeah. after. It. And I used to think I was like I almost sacrificed my marriage mm. on the altar of comedy. You start thinking of it as this god that you're in service to, yeah. and every time you get your ass kicked, you're like, this too. Let's send this through the mill mm. as well. It sounds like that's well, that's what you know, Dylan are doing. In absolutely, yeah. and, and 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 if you look at Dylan's career. Arrives in New York well, in like 61 in search of Woody Guthrie, mm-hmm. right? So he arrives in search of a hero, finds him in a hospital, sits by his hospital bed, you know, and is in the presence of his God, in the mm-hmm. presence of the one that, that he admires the most. And then sets out to mimic that God, like openly mimic that God, makes a record that's utterly mimicking Woody Guthrie, mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle of that, finds his own voice. Right. Becomes Bob Dylan, the voice of a generation, but tr- only through ad- uh, idolatry. Yeah. You know, Didn't you call it aping earlier? Well, I thought, well, I, thought I heard you say yeah, aping. Well, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, absolutely. Trying on a persona. Trying on a persona. Yeah. Bob better. Dylan, absolutely. And so, um, so, so what I'd say is that... Is aping derogatory, like bad? Not at all, no, something? not at all. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I don't want to shit on your God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, oh my God. Uh, but, 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 so, so a lot of people give credence, like a lot of credence to talent. And ta- of course, talent is huge. But will, yeah. in that case, in the case of Dylan in, in those early days, will, his sense of will, yeah. he willed himself into that role. He yeah. willed himself into being Dylan in my imagination. It was the same as that I willed myself into being you know, Glenn Hansard or a guy yeah. with a guitar singing song. Like, I, right. wi- I willed it as much as I had the talent to do it. Yeah. You know, and so will and talent are like, if they're not in equal measure, right. then, you know, 
then you end up being the guy who's you know, really good who just doesn't really care. Yeah, and just doesn't you know doesn't really do that because they're not they're not driven to that place. And you know this idea of ambition or or you know people kind of look at it as a negative aspect, but like it's it's, it's everything, right? You know. We, I, I often make the distinction between certainty and uh, cockiness. Nobody likes anybody cocky, but people love somebody that's certain. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln has a wonderful quote about, what am I, quote guy? <laughs> <laughs> he has a great quote about, he says, you can do anything you want to if you have singularity of purpose. Wow. And then si- similarly, I was working on this project. I am working on this project. And then other projects would flutter around like little yeah. butterflies. Yeah. And my friend Mike Birbiglia was like, you need to tell everyone else no. If this other thing is what you want to do, yeah. there's something infectious. There's something appealing about someone going, no, I'm going to go meet Woody Guthrie. Yeah. Or I'm going to go meet Bob Dylan. Or yeah. I'm going to go stand. I'll find him. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and we love those stories. We, yeah. know, we, we hear them. Yeah. But there's something blocking all of but us. But there's also something slightly psycho about it. Of course. Do you know, because I mean, when someone, if someone comes to me or waits, waits eight hours outside a venue you know, in Cincinnati and I get outside and the guy's freezing to death and he's holding a guitar going, Glenn, I just want to sing you a song. Right. I have to honor that guy's, have to. Right. I but, can't just blow that guy off. Right. He's willed himself to that moment, you right. know, so right, 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 it's right. our duty to pass on whatever, whatever gifts we were given as well. Well, I'd know. like to play you the song. <laughs> 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 just ruin everything. And it's the worst thing you've ever heard. Unicorns. <laughs> like, oh God, kill me. That's I, I, well, you know, we have an epidemic. <laughs> we have an epidemic of confidence in America yeah. with the YouTube generation and right. with everything. So it's really hard. I think I know. I'm going to give myself a compliment. I say I think I know what you're talking about. Right. A lot of people hear it and go like, "I'm just going to believe. I'm going to believe." And like they don't have the gritty part of it. Right. They don't have the, the disbelief. The disbelief. Yes. Which is which is just as important. Jesus fucking. Uh, that is absolutely it's so essential. What you just said. Yeah. For every part of you that's like, I'm going to go meet Woody Guthrie. Yeah. There's the guy writing in the journal, going like, "You're going to get through today. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be okay." No one like like that's why we love Louis C.K. Yeah. more than more than I'm not going to say somebody else, but like we love seeing somebody yeah. showcasing their flaws yeah. as opposed to the perfect guy. Yeah. I think of like a Nazi propaganda poster. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to see Captain America do stand up. It's yeah. like look at those pecs. <laughs> like who yeah. who yeah. fucking cares? Yeah. Like we want to see somebody bleed. Let let me ask you a couple. These, this is a new idea because I've I've been reading. It's actually from the book of quotes. I was getting a lot of those quotes. Yeah. What's it called? doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, they have these great questions in it, and I love the questions, and I was going to ask you the questions, and they're not right. about music. You're right. going to enjoy it. And you can pass. What's the greatest lesson you've learned about, and then we can have the different topics? Yeah. I think this is – I'm trying to ask you a question I would like to be asked. Yeah, right. So it's not nice just putting one. you well, on there the you spot. Go. What is the greatest lesson you've learned about love? Let's say love to start I know you have a lot of thoughts on love. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest lesson I've learned about love. <clears throat> uh, I feel super unqualified to to even well to even touch it. Yeah, <laughs> because it's um, I I don't know if I've learned that much. You feel like you're on a, a pattern? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even on a pattern. I just don't know if I've ever... I think that's one of the big questions. Yeah. And I think that's why it's, it appears in my music so much. It's because I don't actually know. I 
think that's what makes you kind of fun is that you you don't have it figured out. I really don't. And you're not pretending to have it. Figured yeah. Out. You're not a motivational speaker. Go like no. Just show them your heart. No. Listen to I, your heart. I don't. Kn- <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's it's actually the thing I think I know the least about on the planet. I'm thinking of a Frames lyric where you say, I was cursed with a jealous heart. I'm, I don't know if people point that one out. Uh, I was cursed with a jealous I was cursed heart. with a jealousy that's killed every love every, ever Oh, known. sorry, I added the word heart. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's a good lyric. It's even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change Hopefully. it. Hopefully. <laughs> I'd be honored. Yeah. Um, is that something that you still feel? That's an old lyric. No, that's an old lyric, and it's an old feeling. Uh, yeah. the, there was a, that, that refers to a period, without wanting to get too much into my own love history, but there was definitely, I, in my early 20s, loved to the point where it was so dangerous it might have killed me. Mm. You know, I was re- it was really... Obsessed. It was really obsessed, mm. yeah. And codependent, je- too, would yeah, you say? Yeah, absolutely codependent. And yeah. the love that I speak of in that song was and, and the love I speak of in most of my songs actually refers to that relationship mm. still no yes yeah it does it's like the it's the pure cocaine of the love world is, is in fact <laughs> infatuation yeah, well I was uh, yeah I was yeah absolutely I don't, think, I don't think I was actually in love I think I was just so I, I invested every bit of my uh, self and every 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 bit of my self-image and self-worth into this girl who absolutely couldn't handle it. Mm. Of course she couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and she <laughs> let me down because she was, there was no other thing to do. Right. You know, I'd set everything up so, so strong and so I ended up, well, I just got completely, utterly consumed by it. I was, you fell into it. Yeah, like there was no, it, it was, I was, every day was pure torture to breathe. And I remember praying and because you know we, we always turn to, to god in moments of utter pain mm. you know and i remember praying saying please turn off this muscle just kill it just my heart just kill it just turn it off and i and i and i i promise you know i you know i'll I, i'll do anything but just turn this off mm. just turn it off, kill it Mm-hmm. Because I, it's so painful. It's like a dark night of the soul, kind of. Yeah, it's so painful to wake up every day and, right. to, and to just to to sort of breathe. I couldn't breathe, right. and so and so. I, and amazingly, I woke up one morning, and I was numb. Really? Yeah, I got it. I got I got what I asked for, and I was numb. I was comfortably numb, and then of course, and, and then of course, the, cla- the classic irony in life. The classic irony is that that then she fell fucking head over heels for me. No, of course. Oh, it was unrequited that whole time. Yeah. No, no, as a no, I was in love with her, but she was kind of, she yeah. wasn't sure about me. Uh, you know, we were together. Yeah. But she was kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly I wake up one day, how's it going? Yeah. And we're still in the relationship. Yeah. But now I'm, because, and the thing is, I was right. Yeah. She was cheating on me. Yeah. There was several other people in the background. I was right. Like you say, the right. prophetics. Right. I knew, like, and she eventually said to me, well, actually, you know, I got to tell you that you were right. All of that time and you were paranoid and jealous, you yeah. were right. Right. You know, and I'm, and I, you know, I thanked her for it because I, I thought I was going insane. And know? then I'm not trying to be cute quoting your lyrics. Then she's like, I'll see you down in history. And here you are. That's, that's how I interpret those <laughs> lyrics. I'm like, because my wife, when she left me, said, I think you're one of the greats. That's one of the craziest moments. I was shit when yeah. we were together. Yeah. But she was like, I actually, I think this will soften the blow. And of course, I'm projecting myself into your songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and then when you say I will eclipse you, I'm like, oh, we have to get over these people and yeah, kind of outshine them. 
you kind of, their presence. You kind of, yeah. It's, it, that's the, the, you know, the best revenge is a life well lived. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I am deeply in love with my girlfriend. Nice. But I. <laughs> Unexpected empathy hit back. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to hit that ball back, but you did. I'm happy for you. Oh, man. that's kind of you. Yeah. I love her so much, but I'm very clear with her that it's not. I've been infatuated with people. I've had yeah. the type of thing where I can't, when I was on the road or whatever, I would be unable to sleep or eat because I was so honestly worried that they were fucking somebody else right. or uh, just like really un- off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the stuff of albums. But I'm. That's what I. That's what I think we're getting at. A point about love is maybe. Maybe we don't need one. But now I'm like, no. What I. What I have with my girlfriend now is is love. It's mm. not uh, c- crazy, possessive, screaming. It's not going to write a Frames album. It's not. Well, gonna- <laughs> and even when it does, and even when it writes records and writes many records, and and even when it writes hit hit records and it writes. We'll never understand it. It's beyond us. It's yeah. it is the great it is the great mystery. It's 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 God. It's we are not we're not we don't understand. Like love is something I'll never understand. Mm. Same way I'll never really understand poetry or, or or songs. Yeah, we can sit here and talk about them and talk about the process that we 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 use to get to them. But they're 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 they're, they're I you know there is no mastery mm-hmm. when it comes to love. Yeah, there's only humility. Right. And I, God, man, you, you're really speaking to me and, and, and writing it down and going, there it is, is like, never stop. Never fucking stop. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't stop. Yeah. Keep, and my, fr- my, friend sa- my friend says, my friend has an interesting one where he, he talks about the head and the heart, you know, that the head doesn't talk to the heart. Mm. The heart has its own intelligence, has its own way of, that they, they're like distant cousins. They stop talking at some point, <laughs> you know. But then he said, but the heart talk, <coughs> talks to the cock. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, just I thought for sure you were going to say, but the heart talks to the head. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> oh, it talks to the cock. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it gets back to the rational mind is just only so much. As I get older, I, I, I'm having an easier time stepping outside the rational mind that I alluded to earlier, comparing and contrasting mm. and labeling and thinking that's your identity when really it is lower. It, it's, it's more here. And yeah. most cultures of the world yeah. have an understanding of they're not their brains. Like, oh, man, We're truth. behind in that way. I'm talking about America. I can't right. speak for you. Yeah. Although we've kind of... We've, we've, what's that called when you steal somebody from another place? Sub, we've subjugated you. Subjugated or sub... Yeah, supplanted. Supplanted. We've taken you. You're one of us now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no culture... Subsumed or... More or, than America wants their Irish people to remain Irish. Like, we're, I'm sure you run into that. We're like, he's Irish. That's a type of celebrity in itself. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Isn't that funny? I, I, all those kiss me, I, I'm Irish teachers. I know. Such a, it is, you never, ever see one of them in Ireland. Like, right? never. I don't think I've ever seen one. <laughs> You guys didn't know. It's like Sugar Man. South Af- we're South Africa to Sugar Man. <laughs> like, we love you guys. Um, in, in the interest of time, I'm going to jump to something we've been dancing around a little yeah. bit. And you feel, I, I'm always trying to force it, going back to Noel Gallagher. Or, uh, dancing with tears in my eyes. <laughs> Is that? Is it just another minute? Well, who, who sang that one? <laughs> of a love that's time. Go on. Um, is the God thing. So you're talking about prayer, and yeah. I've heard you in between songs uh, on, on one of the live albums 
um, spin anecdotes about our ancestors listening or spirits mm. potentially listening. You're certainly not saying with the authority of uh, like a, maybe a TV psychic, but yeah. you know, you're open to it. Yeah. Um, and I know it's kind of personal, but you seem like an open fella. What what is the greatest lesson you've learned about God? Or and by the way, the book is called Living Living in Wonder. I think, and it's What's all that? right. That's the book that I got this question from. The greatest lesson you've lived oh. you've learned about. And I'll say God, but really the way I normally frame it is, what is this? Like, what's going on? Like, I, we do a good job in our world of dissecting and recreating and reproducing and testing and yeah. explaining. Yeah. But like, what is going on? What are we doing here? Why am why are you in my consciousness right now? And why am I in yours? And why can yeah. you hear my voice? And why could you hear that weird guy? My dick is big. Why was he there? And <laughs> what's going on? Right. And why right. do you cry when you when you yeah. when you play a song? And and yeah. what what is this? What is the point? What are we doing here? Not an answer, but what do, what is your take? On well, peace. <laughs> You just break all our hearts and give the most fundamentalist, literal answer we've ever heard. And we're like, oh, no. that was no fun. No, I mean, you know, when it comes to, I've always been attracted to people who are found. I've always been attracted to people who who have a position. Mm. And that's why I'm attracted to people who are either religious and really into it, mm. or people who are atheist and really into it. I'm actually really interested in both those people. Yep. I think both of those people really, ex- like excite a part of my intellect. I completely agree. Um, and, I, and they're the people I like hanging out with most. I can't quite get with either of them in terms of my own system of belief. And maybe that's why I'm so attracted mm-hmm. to either side. Atheism, you know, fuck it, there's no God, everything's fucking chaos, fuck it all. You know, like, and as in like, that's what I've heard quoted from a friend in the last week. I'm not saying that that's the atheist yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. dogma. But, you know, it's like, you know what, though? I can't get with that. It just seems cold and flat. It, there's no mystery in that. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with, with people who are really, really into God. There's no mystery in that either. You know, there's, it's just, it's two... It's two answers. You've, you've just, you've, you've, you've connected, you've, you've identified too strongly with the, uh, with the, with the poem. Hmm. And the poem is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know... The what is out there? What 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 does exist? I mean, you know, I was a Harry Krishna when I was a kid. I you got, were not. Yeah, I got into it, man. I, I was, and because, and I think it's, be, and I think it's because I was a searcher. You know, I was searching for something, and I loved the idea when I was a kid of of I was an altar boy when I was a young lad, and um, uh, got away scot free, never had any trouble with priests. You know, um, isn't it unfortunate that that's the question you have to address in that moment? It kind of is. It is sad. It is sad because. You know, the doctrine is, is probably what's more important. The, the, okay, so, I mean, you take, a, you take a man, you take a man, a young man in, in, out of an Irish family and you say to him, okay, uh, come, you bring him to a seminary and you teach him not to touch himself and not to, you know, and, and then you put him in, in, a, in society and you put him in charge of children, you right. put him in charge of schools. And, it's James Taylor calling me motherfucker. It's just... It's yeah. the wind-up. Yeah, I'm not... I don't... It's it just... It, it's complicated. Right. It, it is complicated. I, I hear what you're saying. It's a dangerous empathy to have, but you're, yeah. you're attempting to... We try and have empathy for everybody yeah. on the show, and it's difficult, but I hear yeah. what you're saying, and that's, we're not condoning and it, and awful. you're not condoning and it's, it. And the whole thing is awful, but I just... You know, but, but that... Has, you know, the, the religious person who, 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 um, who really... Like, I mean, when you look at what's going on in the name of religion right now in the world, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's dis- it's disgusting. 
It's like it's 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 as wild as this whole Donald Trump being taken seriously as uh, running for. It's like it's just it makes no so sense. In the religious world, Trump won long ago. <laughs> <laughs> like it's been President Trump of the and I'm speaking as somebody who used to be in that group. Right. The the I feel like the evangelical market's been run by the spiritual equivalent yeah, of a yeah. Trump for a while. <laughs> but I <laughs> I don't have an issue with I, I don't I just really I really don't I I. My own position moves. It's as uncertain, and this is not me trying to get out of the from under the question. But my religious position is as uncertain as as everything in my life. Right. You know, there are times when I feel quite connected to uh, to a greater to a greater energy that I and and ultimately, when it comes down to it, I f- I like to think that I serve. In my life, I'd like to think that I'll do more good than I will bad. That's essentially what I'd like to leave the planet. You know, when eventually, you know, whether I'm hit by a truck or, 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 or a plane crash or I, I, I'm lying on my deathbed as an old man, I'd like to know that I kind of imparted a little bit of positivity to my children, to my friends, and that, and that you, were, you did more good than bad. Yeah. You know, because we do take up space and we do consume. We are... You know, we sin against the earth by it being alive, you know, in terms of how we gather energy into our bodies. Right. You know, uh, and or we're living in a society that is just chewing up and chewing. And, and that's anti, to me, that's anti-God or it's anti-natural. Well, we live you know? off death. Everybody lives off death. Right. right. Even if you don't eat meat. And, and, that, and nature, and that's nature. And that's, that's all fair enough. And, but, I, you know, when it comes to God and what my connection with God, you know, yes, I pray. I do pray. I, I, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have an image of who I pray to, but I pray because I know, I feel, I feel a presence sometimes, and sometimes I feel no presence. Hmm. You know, isn't that it, man? That's it. I think the story is screaming at us. It's a virgin and a mother. It's the void. It's the it's the complete meaningless. And it's you feeling something channeling through you. We're supposed to be grappling with this. Yeah. And that's what creates the electricity that turns the lights on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we tr- we've reduced it into, into <clears throat> no, this is it. Like, I couldn't tell you if I like French fries from one moment to the next. You right. know what I mean? Like, I could have picked a better example. But, like, sometimes yeah. I really that's want French a really fries. Good example. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, it's greasy shit. Yeah. But, like, we go around with such certainty going, like, no, God, uh, God doesn't want you to put your pee-pee in that guy's bum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. At the same time, like, <laughs> what, really? what are you talking about? This is the guy that didn't want French fries, and yeah. I just saw you eat three large French fries. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. we don't even know any, we don't know ourselves. And, and, and when we try and have authority on the unknown, absolutely, I think we're really... And whenever we sit down and, and do an interview or do a report on where we are right now in our lives, it's bullshit anyway. Because in three minutes, I might think differently. That's right. And you one must reserve the right to be... To, to, to think whatever way you feel like but thinking. But that's not pinning down your own butterfly, right? To use your analogy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going like it's a butterfly. And I feel, yeah, and I feel okay about that. It's I got a glimpse of it just then. I, I, think, I think Jesus might be real. And yeah, then yeah. <laughs> two minutes later, you're like, we're all alone. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? On a rock spinning in the, in the distance. Yeah. yeah. I guess you're just inspiring me to feel like, what are we if not to wrestle? What are we if not to experience this? To mm. take the curriculum of life and see if you see something here or not see something. Here. It is a struggle, man. Life's a struggle. People got to. People you have to wrench. Every single person has to wrench themselves out of bed in the morning and, and get up and fucking get active and yeah. get busy. Everyone, no one gets off the hook. 
And when you realise that, you know, we maybe there's some vision of Bono that he doesn't have to rise in the morning, that he somehow just sort of elevates it a bit, or the Pope, or, <laughs> or Leonard Cohen, or Dylan. Everyone's got to fucking get up and get into gear, yeah, and get their fucking jeans on, or get right. their cl- and put their shirt on and get it, you know, and and get into life. And so that's that's all of our struggle. And I, I I'm just into I'm into what that does to us. Yeah, I'm into how that humbles us and how that how challenges us. And yeah. you know, the, 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 you know the priv- the privilege of of my position is that I get to ponder it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> you know, same as you, you know. Uh, that's the, that's the liberation that I want to – if there's any sort of salvation to be had, because I know that coming from a fundamentalist kind of place, yeah. the pain that that caused in me. I can yeah. only speak for myself. Yeah. But it gave me more fear. It gave me more hate. It gave me more judgment. Yeah. And that's – if there's any sort of salvation to call people to, yeah. I think it's their personal experience and I think it's lightening up on themselves. It's embracing the mystery, being yeah. okay with not having answers. That's why I like to – if I'm preaching anything, preach that because yeah. I know it's causing pain. And as you said – Nobody's killing anybody in the name of a metaphorical god. You know what I mean? That's true. <laughs> Nobody's ever stoned a person or or, or killed a, a, a poor gay kid yeah. in the Middle East. You know. What I mean, I I sing about God a lot. It's a huge subject in my in my work. Yeah. I, 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 I I'm fascinated by this concept of of salvation and yeah. forgiveness yeah. and mercy yeah. and these ideas of of, of of an outside force granting you the 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 the, the strength. To take care of yourself and to, you know, and to kind of get yourself off the cross. I, I love, yeah. I love it. And I would never, in, in a, in a, honestly, I would never, if, if there was a, you know, if there's a, a Muslim kid who's, who kind of finds, listens to one of my tunes and thinks it's, I, I, I love that. Yeah. I, I, you know, as much as if there's an atheist guy going, why do you have to sing the, why do you have to put the word God in your song? You know, because I find, I find, the, I find anyone's, I find too strong a position just not not attractive, but absolutely I'm not criticizing it. Right. Well, it goes back to because I'm agreeing with everything you're saying now and I'm agreeing. I am so turned on by atheists. I'm so Mm. turned on by like uh, I had a Franciscan friar on the show. Love it. Into it. You know, so he happened to be a very progressive, uh, interesting guy kind of talking the way we are now, I suppose. Uh, But I'm drawn to both of those things. And then I, I find myself ping ponging between them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you can sit and have a conversation with with a wonderful artist, and then when they start talking about God, which I've had recently, where I was talking to a, a guy that I really respect, and you know, when you start talking about God as a real thing in his life, and then of course my other friend, his immediate uh, reaction was to try to dispel God out of the conversation. Mm. I was like, why would you? Mm-hmm. You know, to every man is his his just you know his his right. island his his salve his. Everybody's the star of their own movie, and that's working for him. Yeah, it seems there to be you okay go. With yeah, very, well, very well put. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the thing that I keep coming back to is the atheist and the and the and the believer, if for lack of a better term, are both just beautiful pieces of this mosaic. Absolutely, they need each other. Yeah, they need you each know. other. Yeah, we only know one without the other. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a lovely God talk. Look at all these things we didn't get to. It's okay. Do you get tired of playing songs from once? This is the speed round. <laughs> no. No, I don't, actually. Really? No, I don't. I, um, I sometimes, if I let my head get in the way, I get a little conscious of the fact that people may not want to hear them. Oh, no. But, but, no I was in uh, the audience when you played the bull and you did Falling Slowly, and yeah. I could hear people getting boners. <laughs> 
like that rubbery sort What's that of sound. <laughs> Yours doesn't make a. <laughs> Mine's usually bound up in leather and spikes. Yeah. <laughs> in muffles. So it makes it. that leathery. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. You don't yeah. have to get into that at all. I, yeah. You know, I I per- particularly enjoy doing old bits if people. I want don't. To. I don't because because my job is to serve. I I serve music. Yeah, I, and it's not just I serve Glenn Hansard music. I serve music. I'm a musician, and so when I play a song, I I do my best to get as into it as I can do, and if I feel like I can't get into it, I don't do a song. Yeah, but the 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 decision to to get into it or not get into it isn't based on some bias in myself. Right, it's just like. Can I feel that right now? No, I can't. Can I? No, I can't. So if I can't feel it, then I'm just gonna, I'm gonna end up just uh, uh, singing it and kind of trying it out, right. and it's not gonna. Right. I'm not gonna be in it. If I can get in it, I'll sing it. You know. It's funny. We we kind of uh, were teasing Bono for getting up without by levitating, <laughs> but he has that great quote where he says, "I if I if I'm not in the song, I can't hit the note," which I, I think is that's exactly it. My bits aren't funny unless I'm feeling it yeah. like you can transcribe it it's not funny yeah. <laughs> i'll be the first to tell you yeah. you can read my act it's not funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fascinating um what do you do for your voice it can't just be honey get out of here tell me that george harrison formula vinegar honey <laughs> hot water make with the secret <laughs> uh well again to come back to bono a uh, great quote the uh, meaning yeah that's it oh meaning it yeah Get out! I that swear is to God, awesome. that's great. I swear to God, if it, it, my voice works when I'm when I'm in, when I when I when I when I'm in good form, when I when I've you know, of course there are things like when I've slept or when yeah, I yeah sure you didn't know, drink the night when I'm not been out drinking. Face. Yeah, like I was out drinking last night and I was out drinking last night because I didn't have to sing today and I, and I had a really good night and my voice is a bit trash today. Yeah, but if you ask me to sing, I could sing. Yeah, I remember getting off stage uh, after a frame after the, 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 the my band. Opened up for Springsteen last summer or two summers ago, and my voice was literally gone. Mm. I had managed to squeeze my way through the set, mm. you know. And because there's thirty thousand people there, I got through the set and yeah. it was fine. You got the ghost, but my <laughs> voice was like it was, you know, Gandhi's flip flop, as they call, it, you know, just like it was gone. <clears throat> and Bruce said, uh, "You want to do a tune?" And my voice just came right back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it just, it shows yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, It just yeah. shows up. Yeah, it makes me feel like you're with your wife of many years and you lose your erection. But then, like, Carmen Electra or somebody comes in and is like, let's have a three-way. Suddenly have a boner all of a sudden. Or, or you sit down with your wife and you have a very honest conversation. Nothing will do the boner more service than an honest conversation with your wife. Yeah, isn't that funny? You know, Glenn, I don't think I've ever admitted that, but the, 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 uh, I did, a, 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 of all things, a Batman video where I said sometimes the sexiest thing is to forgive. Yeah. It was just a joke. Yeah. But it's complete. like every joke I make, it's based on truth. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've lost my nerve, meaning erection, ha- having sex with somebody that I love. And then their compassion in that moment is the biggest turn on in the world. And then we have wonderful sex. Yeah. So take that, people who don't get anything from this podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, there's so many things we could talk about, but that's all. I, I feel satisfied. Do you feel satisfied? I've had a really good chat. I'm enjoying it. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, do you want more questions? Sure. Um, well, I don't think there's any questions. Yeah, there are no questions. <laughs> there haven't been a good question. 
I'm trying to think of a really good one for the end here. Try not. You said this without me having you say it. What is it? Trying not to be. Trying to be cool or smart isn't serving anybody. That's something you said last night that I wrote down. I said that last night. Yeah, you said no. no a couple nights ago at the uh, show. Uh. Yeah. Um, what's the greatest lesson you've learned about your choice, family or music? We've been talking a lot about music, but. Family's uh, tricky, man. Those scenes in the movie. Family is so tricky. With it's, your family, uh, and my dad. My dad's Irish, and and I know, I know you must yeah. get that a lot. It's yeah. like we have an instant bond. Yeah. Do you know him? But like, <laughs> there's that way that when your dad is like, "You won that Oscar for me," you yeah. know, sort of thing. Yeah. That I'm like, it's like there's no way my. Uh, this is hard to talk about, and I want you to talk about it. But it's. I that, don't know if I want to talk about that it. Proje- it's hard. Well, yeah. let's just bask in the fact that like I don't even have the balls to say that that reminds me of my yeah. dad. Yeah. The way that it'll be like when I see you up there, I see myself, and I'm yeah. like, couldn't it just be me? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, let's get. Well, what do you th- what do you think about family? How do you manage it? I mean, here you are. Do you have survivor's guilt? You you've you've catapulted. Into this other atmosphere, this rare air. Uh, no, I don't have survivor's guilt because I put that away. How do you do that? Uh, <laughs> by realizing you're not your family. You know, I think, you know, at 45, you know, whatever your star sign says about what kind of person you are, you know, your, your natal chart or, you know, whatever this stuff is. At this age, all that shit doesn't matter. Hmm. You've built your own person. At the, if you haven't built your own person at this point, then you're always going to be subject to whatever your parents, what they've called you when you were a kid or what, you, you know, your star sign says, your personality, you know, I'm a Taurus, that means I'm like this or this. All these attributes, in a way, they, should, they, they shouldn't even matter yeah. anymore. You've because bu- you've done the work. You've done the work. You've built yourself. You you've know. been building the big... So when you build yourself, then sometimes that means you have to divorce a certain amount of of the stuff you grew up with and the attitudes you grew up with you know it's hard though right it's painful it's very painful and i think that's the biggest one thing of the toughest I've, things. I've learned yeah it's 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 as tough as any marriage it's, it's tougher in a way because your family you don't get to you don't get to just divorce them right. they're always going to be there um and it's it is the greatest challenge you know all the whole thing you choose your parents i don't know maybe you do you know i think it's interesting my parents have taught me so much about what you know about being a parent if, if, when when that time comes I'm not a parent right now yeah uh, and that's probably the best that's probably the the politest way I can answer that question uh, <laughs> it's funny I feel the same yeah I, I want to say like vibration so hippie but I, you're emitting the same frequency I do yeah I mean I love push. I do love them and it's, it is genuine love yeah sure of course you know? uh and it is genuine. It is it is genuine bewilderment, also. Yeah, you know, I that I I, I my mother is not going to change. My father was not going to change. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Where I want to have a funeral, not just for my family, but yeah. you know, a lot of my family. I bought a little coffin on Etsy, and I want to put all my irrational thoughts on how people might change in the coffin, and then we're going to set it on fire. <laughs> That's a good idea. Because I don't know what else to do. I keep, I'm the crazy person that's expecting people in my life to behave differently. I'm the insane, like, mm-hmm. you think they're crazy. It's like, whatever it may be, whoever it may be. Wow. You can see, I'm afraid of somehow that's getting yeah. back to somebody. Yeah. 
But I want to let go, and I'm so desperate to let go, and it's so hard for me to do it that I literally think a ceremony might help. Well, you know, cer- that's what ceremonies are for. Well, you're invited to play. I mean, <laughs> a nice, sweet moment. Just get- Would you play? <laughs> oh, God. Just ask me to do stand-up at your wedding. Jesus. Oh, Terrible. Um, well, we're in, a, we're in a place where we have your guitar. I'd love to hear a song, but yeah. we certainly don't have it. We'll literally edit this part out. Okay. Because it's not required. But if you want to... Here's the thing. Your I'll new album you, is so lovely. I've got to pee really badly. Oh, go pee. Go so wee. Will I do that? Yeah, go pee and think and then, about it. And then, if we, and then if a song happens, I'm all for that. But, or I'll ask you I'll another fun question. Kind of sums up what the yeah, there thing. you go. Maybe I'll think of one. <laughs> do I have a song? Oh, please. Do I, I, I couldn't. Do I have a song that will... I couldn't be... I'd like to pride myself as somebody that's like... It's really up to you. But I mean, come on. How good does that sound? <laughs> uh, well, I'll sing it a song. It's not finished. Great. And it's the song I named my record after. Which it, so the song's called Didn't He Ramble? But yeah. I never finished it, so it's not a, you know. Just pretend you got overcome with emotion and start crying. It's a once <laughs> joke. That's a deep, that's a, somebody watched the director's commentary on once. Remember Mar- Marquetta plays that song and she starts crying? Yes. And it was because she didn't have the ending to the song. That's right. You didn't even realize how good my riff was. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't. It was a while ago. <laughs> it was. But what a, what a, what a great film. One of my favorites. All right, I'll sing this, yeah? So this is, this is a song I wrote for me, Dad, by way of trying to understand him. Great. And there's no blame in it. There was the, I was really conscious of leave blame out of it, leave anger out of it, leave everything out of it except the facts. So the song doesn't touch in any way, uh, get at him emotionally. Mm. It's just a report. It's a little bit like raising a glass at his wake and saying... Wasn't he? And, you know, so, so, and again, it's not a finished song, so I'll just play what I got. That's great. Okay. Didn't he ramble? Teacher 
away And on we farewell now With the choice that he made Yeah, didn't he ramble Didn't he roam Didn't he wander So far from home Didn't he ramble And didn't he stray And didn't he wander Clothes that he wore Yeah, didn't he ramble Didn't he roam Didn't he wander So far from his home And didn't he reach out And didn't we learn Didn't he teach us Don't do what he done Didn't he ramble And didn't he stray Didn't he wander So far away just me clapping <laughs> for everybody listening that was amazing did it sound okay yeah you could hear the guitar oh it sounded great so you know it's an unfinished it's an unfinished thing and, and what's missing you know I kind of uh, I don't I don't think anything's missing yeah <laughs> yeah singing that time I didn't feel like anything was missing oh, either good. And, then, and then sometimes I sing it and I just go it could be better it could be there's, there's something I'm not saying. Just play this two-hour podcast on the, on the track, <laughs> and then that song. Everyone will be like, I get it. He, we were, they were both tense talking about their dads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's almost like you want to, you want, I want it to be, I want it to be a fitting tribute. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, is it, is it there? And I think it might be there. What an undertaking. What, a, a what an adventure. One. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, People are, I think we hear stories about going out and slaying dragons or finding gold and stuff. And we're like, ah, if only we could have that type of adventure in our life. But you could. You could set yourself to the task of yeah. writing a song that wraps up your dad. Yeah, that kind of gets him. Yeah. And the funny thing is, it's, maybe it's him who keeps stopping me from finishing. Yeah. Because it, I kind of keep on going, is it? And, and somehow, I think he's a bit like, there's something you're not saying mm. that I want you to say, you know? Mm. 
funny. Is Maybe he... I need to get him out of the picture. I need to have to fuck off and just finish my song. <laughs> That's the final lesson <laughs> yeah, that he teaches you. Exactly. Just have at it. Finish the song. What does he know? He's not a songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. The, uh, the the last question that we always like to ask yeah. is the hardest time you've laughed. And people correct me all the time. It's the time you've laughed the hardest. But I like saying the hardest time. The hardest laughed. time I laughed. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be... I'm not asking for a good story. It's just like yeah. what, what comes to mind. Ah. God. Hmm. My brain's going. You're fuck. You're man. You're so fucking serious. Uh, because I'm trying to remember a time when I was no. just like out of it with laugh. Because I yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. happened only a couple of times in life. Yeah, where you're like really on the floor, crying, and yeah. I wonder if it's just a place. Was it a time in your life? Were you a kid? Was it on tour? I'm I'm guessing it wasn't on stage. No, it wasn't on stage. It wouldn't be on stage because you never you never you can't. Even, no matter how loose you get, you can't get that loose on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. you could, it'd be amazing. Right. What about you ate weed chocolate last night? That didn't get you giggling. No, it didn't. No. <laughs> Man, weed just gets me in my head. Is that right? It does. It puts me in an odd spot. Yeah, you seem like uh, I'm similar in that way. And, yeah. Uh, I, I could see that going that. It doesn't, it doesn't work well with me. Mm. No. But it was okay with the black guy and the singers? And the dancers, rather? Oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Well, um... We could. I could also say uh, you have to go. I'm, I'm looking at the clock for you. Have you ever been in a fight? What kind of soap do you use? Um, and, or when you go to sleep at night, do you tell yourself a story to help yourself fall asleep? <laughs> those are those are the last question. Or the last time you cried. These are all good ones. Uh, okay. Well, fighting. Yes, I've been in many fights. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I grew up. I grew up in a in a. I guess a, I guess a, a, a high rise. I grew up in a place called Ballymun, which is on the outskirts of Dublin, uh, and it was short term housing. Uh, and I got into a lot of fights when I was a kid. So short short term housing that people lived in long term. Yes, uh, we lived in it long term, but most yeah. of my friends would come and go. Really? You know, a few months. Mm. You know, people who were kind of being housed emergency housing. You know, mm-hmm. but we lived there for until I was sixteen. Hmm. Uh, got into some fights there. I was. Uh, we used to collect wood. We had a, I had a gang called the Bear Bellies, <laughs> and we were kind of based on some kind of notion of Native American. You know, we were like the we were the Indians. So we go around, in you know, late September into early October, with no tops on, and we we draw black crosses on our chest in soot, you know, from a fire. And uh, Jason Molina would have loved that, actually. Um, and we'd go around, and our job was to collect firewood. That was our thing. But being the kind of leader of the gang, and I was quite good at finding firewood and quite good at hiding it, because you had to rob all the wood out of people's gardens. And sometimes you'd ask them for it. You know, it wasn't always robbing. Right. Uh, but you'd collect wood, and you'd hide it in these sheds. Uh, but, but it was a big, that was a t- it wasn't a tense month. Because there was a lot of competition and a lot of wood robbing going on. Mm. So you'd have your stash of wood and then you'd come in one afternoon and your stash of wood had been robbed by it's the like next... capture the wood. Yeah, by the, by the <laughs> next block of flats. So the next block of flats had their leader. 
And so you'd end up having to get into a fight with them. And then the fight would determine who gets the wood. No. And the biggest thing was Halloween was whoever had the biggest bonfire was... Because, you know, we have a bonfire at Halloween. You, oh, okay. You, do you guys not do that? No. Well, Halloween's an Irish festival. You know that. It's, a, it's actually... Originally, it's an Irish festival. Oh, I didn't know It's that. called Samhain. It's where the veils between the, between the two worlds are at their thinnest. Huh. It's a bit like the Mexican Day of the Dead. Yeah. You set a place for the, for, the, for, the, for the dead at your table because the veils between the two worlds are at their thinnest and, and, the, and the ghosts can come through. So, and there's a lot of fairy lore to do with Halloween as well. Samhain is a very, it's a very important day. Huh. But we have a bonfire. Um, and the bonfires are all over the country. Now, health and safety have killed a lot of that. We, oh, still, have, we still have one. We're ending how we began, talking yeah. about health and safety. Exactly, and how it's ruined the world, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a bunch of safe, dull people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's killed plaster companies. <laughs> um, so, uh, so getting into fights, that was, a, that, was a, that was always a tricky time of year. Mm. You know, because... So you were the leader. Yeah, I was and leader you'd have my, to, my little troop, yeah. And you'd fight. You'd have to fight. Yeah. Bare-chested, yeah. bare-bellied even. Bare-bellied. <laughs> and with a cross on your chest yeah. and you'd punch a... a now, luckily, luckily the, what I learned about fighting quite early on was that so much of what fighting is is about how you look. Mm. It's got nothing to do with how you punch or how you... But it's got to do with how you approach the, the, your opponent. And if you approach your opponent with wild eyes, generally speaking, the fight either doesn't happen or it happens very quickly. <laughs> you know? Because your first time you're down, you're like, that's enough. This guy's got well, no, crazy you, eyes. Well, you realise you, you realize that so much of what fighting is is about the front. Yeah. You know, it's about the chest out and like, I'm in. Okay, you want to fight? Let's go. Right. And that usually ends the fight right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fear, fear, is the, fear, fear is the thing that gets you into trouble. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was an interesting uh, period of time. And then, so what was the other question? Oh, what kind of soap do you use and when's the last time you cried? Uh, oh, and when you go to sleep, do you tell yourself a story? Don't tell myself a story when I go to sleep. We no. get no to that a lot. Yeah. I'm the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use soap, really. Is that right? Yeah. Just water? Yeah. I like to take baths. All right. Long baths. Don't wash. Just kind of soak. Let it happen. Let it happen, yeah. <laughs> and in showers, I don't usually use soap either. Just kind of rub myself down. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then... Is that deliberate? Is that like I don't want all these goddamn chemicals? Not at all. No, it's more. It's, it's no. It's, it's not really. It's more just. Uh, it's more just. I, I, I kind of don't like how my skin feels after I use soap. It's, uh-huh. It gets all tight. <laughs> you know. So I kind of just prefer. Anyway. You need a moisturizing body wash. <laughs> this whole thing's just been so I can sell you some Pantene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sometimes use soap. I don't. It's not. I don't definitely not use. You know, it's a bit like my God thing. I don't definitely not use soap. <laughs> sometimes I use it. Father, Son, and the Holy Soap <laughs> wasn't as good as Blood on the Tracks shed for you, but I'm doing my best. We're at the end of two hours here. Oh, um, and you're you Howard's going to uh, drive you to the airport now, so he wants oh, yeah. to leave at four fifteen. Oh yeah. So I'm yep. afraid, unless you want to, well, no, I'm going to say, I'm going to wrap it up because I feel no. like he'll keep going. Would you say, or sing, keep it crispy? That's how it ends. The guest says keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. <laughs> keep it hard. <laughs> Let it break like a biscuit. <laughs> In your backyard. Oh, no, <laughs> But keep it crispy. <laughs> keep it true. I was going to say keep it true. The song is hanging in the room. 
drink my whiskey. Smoke players blue. No. Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had a dream last night, and Bob Dylan was singing, Treat me mean and cruel, treat me like a fool, but love me. And I was like, and Dylan would never sing that. Yeah. It's definitely, I was kind of, I did a bit of a, so that's what I write in my journal. Why does Bob Dylan sing that in my dream? What does that mean? That's great. Did you, you hear the Mumford and Sons uh, song that they did that Dylan wrote but didn't put music to? It wasn't Mumford and Sons, but it was Marcus Mumford. Yeah. It was great. It was interesting. Was I imagine taking Dylan's lyrics and... Oh, what an opportunity. I it's know. huge. Yeah. I think it's called Going Back to Kansas City. It was good. You that can... was from his basement tapes period? I don't know. They just had the, they just had the lyrics somewhere. Yeah, I think it was from that time. I, I remember because he, 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 was, he was typing into his typewriter a lot at the time. Apparently he was just like trying off reels and reels. Of, so he'd write the songs without ever playing them. Just write these songs, oh, wow. and then just and then maybe he'd come back to them and pick up a page and go right. Let's put some music to this. Oh my god! Just be the, yeah, so it's, it's like somebody broke the genius faucet. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried to read Tarantula though? Do what now? Tarantula, Bob Dylan's book. No, no good. It's, well, it's just Dense. really tough. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough. It just shows that it, it, you definitely you smell amphetamines. It's just it's just you know that's the you know. <laughs> Well, Glenn, uh, the song was amazing. The album is amazing. Thanks, Pete. I hate to end with a plug, but I think people uh, are going to go no, out and we'll... get it. And, thanks uh, for the chat. It was, it was that was you. You know, you should be you. Sh- you should just have people interview you. <laughs> well, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why it's fun. Is like uh, you'll tell a story and then I'll just tell a story, yeah. and I hope that yeah. made you feel like no, oh, I it, love it. It'll happen either way. Yeah. There's some episodes where I'm seventy percent of the time. It's obnoxious. But you are like you. You you, just have, you have all this natural preacher in you. <laughs> you're, you're, it's great. Well, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to reconcile with how I was raised. It's wonderful, man. Thanks. Were you, were, you, were you raised in a religious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm trying to use that framework to understand how how we feel very similarly. How I feel now, but save some of the baby from the bathwater, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, music is that. It's these transcendent experiences. You know what I mean? We all know it. We and we don't have a language for it. And unfortunately, the metaphor got reduced into yeah, this. Yeah, and we tried to talk about it, and we fail, and it's okay. And it's okay to fail, but yeah. people don't admit that they're failing. Right. Like anything that I want to tell you about God or the meaning of life, I'd be like, no one knows. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. It's so important to hold there on. Was a, there was a lovely Becca, a Becca quote re, where uh, in Not I, um, his, one of his famous actresses, I can't remember her name right now, but she says to him, Sam, Sam, in, the, in, this, in this line here, you, when you say, and he says, oh, show me. And basically, just a line which she doesn't understand. And Sam has a look at it and says, "I have absolutely no idea what that means. Is that, does that help you?" <laughs> That's great. Does that help you? That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not going to make you stop playing. <laughs> oh no, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get you to the airport. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. Thank, Thank you very you, much. Now leaving Nerdist.com.